From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome to the program. It is seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning and... I don't want to call it a break with format because obviously the six o'clock hour, usually we share with you some of my commentaries and things that are happening. Uh, We are going straight Dateline Atlantic City into an issue that we shouldn't even be talking about. And and that's why, uh, and Fred will back me up on this, I still keep that poster on my wall that says no casinos in North Jersey. Because there are certain things that you can never, it's like a monster movie. You cannot rest assured that anything is over. It may be over for that moment or for a certain period of time. But in an article that we're basically formatting in a back to the future format, something that was allegedly resolved two years ago when great opposition in Atlantic City's Venice Park section against a proposed trash to steam plant came about the residents knocked it down uh they didn't want it they didn't want the the volume of of trucks and everything that would be brought about it uh let's be honest trash smells it's impossible for trash not to smell so there would be an odor issue there would be the volume uh and it would it would just change the entire character of your neighborhood hundreds of trucks and all of this uh so you think it's over until it's not. We learned recently, and we've been doing a lot of homework behind the scenes, and we're ready to go public this morning here with Venice Park resident Fred Grenice, who will be with us for the full hour. Fred is like, he's like a brother to me. Let's let's just, you know, I, I cover news regarding strangers. Fred is like a brother to me. But I'm also doing this in the interest of the entire community and the entire Venice Park community in particular, because Fred, this is no joke. If something like this happened, your quiet, wonderful neighborhood that I've been to many times, the character of that neighborhood would completely change, wouldn't it? Yeah. Good morning, Harry. Good morning. And good morning to you, to your listeners. Yes, uh, it will change completely. Uh, back to the future. God, uh, we have the affluent plant there in Venice Park which is tolerable at times and intolerable at times. And now you have someone pushing this steam to uh, trash, the trash, steam. The, trash the steam plant, uh, which on paper sounds great. Yeah, they're going to they're have an aquaf- agriculture basement, air filtration system, crab tanks and shrimp tanks that they're going to sell on the third floor. They're going to sell this, this food to people that are going to eat it. I don't know if I'll eat, eat that kind of food. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't think I'll eat it at all, in fact. Uh, but, you know, the, pro- the problem is there's, a, there's quite a few problems with their, their theory. Their, their theory is that the air coming out of there is going to be pure and it's not going to smell uh, there's not going to be any sound. And by the way, even if this was the cleanest, uh, technically, you know, contrived concept in in world history, 150 trash trucks a day, they're going to smell. Well, you know, Harry, I, when you say a day, 
when that plant is fired up, it's like 24-7. Plant, trucks coming through there 24-7. Of course, the, the trash trucks stink. Yeah. Of course, the stuff they, they, they put in there and the noise that they make uh, is, a, is a constant. And it will be a constant. Uh, I refer back to Albany Avenue where they have that car wash now. The car wash, the, the blowers that they use over there are so loud, they're ear-piercing. You can't hear yourself think on Albany Avenue now. Uh, that's one of the byproducts of putting an industry in an area. Uh, we, By not being uh, considerate to the fact, does this deserve to be a permitted use? And if you lived right near that, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been by there. It's huge. And and the noise factor is something I know you're not exaggerating. If you lived in that neighborhood, your life is completely changed. Most definitely. Not only changed, uh, your your property value diminishes sure. when, it, when this happens. And this is one of the problems with in Venice Park. You know, uh, Augusta Garrett, who uh, is our president of this association, I'm the vice president, put, put, put it all on the table. I'm the vice president of the Venice Park Association and, uh, and actively taking care of business there. And being a, a property owner for over 30 years, uh, I, have, I have questions about my property value. Uh, the peace and serenity of Venice Park, which is there, uh, it's one of the, the best unknown parts of Atlantic City. Uh, I think it's a jewel in the crown of Atlantic City. I, I, I believe that you call it that. Uh, Augusta gave three other sites that are possible sites for this for this plant to be in. And one is right over the bridge. And if it's right over the bridge, the truck noise and everything else would be deferred over the bridge, away from the population of Venice Park. I don't understand why they have, they're still pushing for this on, on this side of the you know, bridge. You know what I think would be a good question uh, to ask at the council meeting? And simultaneous to Fred's appearance this morning, we have a companion piece with a lot of detail, comments from Augusta, uh, comments from other residents, a comment from Atlantic City Councilman-at-Large George Tibbet. I would ask, see, Marty Small won't be there because he's a coward. Uh, he has his his fools do this stuff, then he would approve it on his end, you know, in that posh office that he had rebuilt and refurnished and all of that. Would they put this next to their home? Definitely. Marty Small, who's listening right now, would you put this next to your home? And if there would dare be five council members that would vote yes for this, would you put this right next to your home? And, Fred, you know the answer to that. Uh, I definitely That not. would be a hell no. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't want it near my house. No. And I'm sure he wouldn't want it near his house. So to destroy neighborhood in the name of green technology or whatever, uh, which I respect. You know, something, there, there's a way to make green technology away from the populace. That's, that's the way to go. Not right on top of uh, a neighborhood, a stable, happy neighborhood, yeah. uh, safe neighborhood. You know, we all, we all, every neighborhood has its, has its ups and downs, but you know, some, generally speaking, it is a great place to live. Uh, we have people over there that have been there for years. I've been there for 30 some odd years, and, and I enjoy. The quiet and, and uh, uh, rest uh, of that of that neighborhood. Well, that's why you bought it. You, well, picked, you picked where you wanted to be. Uh, exactly. That's why I picked it. Uh, I also have a commercial property there 
that is used for multiple purposes, including the Venice Park Association. And, you know, I, I donate that. They, they, uh, they, they don't pay anything for, to use that property uh, out of the goodness of my heart. Uh, I, I do that because of my community, my dedication to my community, to my, my Venice Park. All right, we've got the whole hour, so we've got a lot more to share. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. We're visiting with Fred Grenice. Fred is the vice president of the Venice Park Civic Association, Residents Association. Uh, they do a great job. I'm very familiar uh, with the neighborhood. Uh, I was there a bunch of times this past summer. Uh, someone who both Fred and I know very, very well that owns property there too. I've been to their property. I know exactly where this would be fabricated uh, and it would completely change the neighborhood. It does not belong there. Uh, we don't take a position on this program on many things, but but I ardently uh, take the public position that this should not be approved by city council. Uh, we're going to make famous uh, any council member that votes for this because I know it is something, and there's even an allegation that one of the people that will be voting doesn't even live in Atlantic City. Would not be a hell of a thing if some uh, interloper, some out-of-towner faking, faking that they live in Atlantic City uh, would get to vote for something like this. If you can count to five city council on this, uh, you're a disgrace. Uh, I realize that people feel threatened by the current mayor. Uh, multiple members tell me that on a regular basis. Uh, but this is something that none of them would even consider in their own neighborhoods. It's a terrible idea. It's, and I, I agree with Fred and his intellectual honesty. It's not the technology, uh, if it's in the proper area, where you don't ruin a residential neighborhood. Uh, that's something you could take a look at. But they're looking to put it somewhere that was soundly rejected two years ago. And you know, you know it's wrong when they have to lie about it. Something I want to make clear when Fred comes back after the break and give you the opportunity to talk about this, multiple sources have told me that they're representing that the Venice Park Civic Association is for this project. We're going to talk about that when we come back in just a few minutes with Fred Grenice. I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio. 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you. Fox News commentary. Just when you thought San Fran couldn't get any worse, now lawmakers are toying with the idea of a red light district. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. It's Jesse Kelly here. I can't afford to lose 30% of my 401k or IRA again, and I'm assuming you can't either. Call Oxford Gold. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver is a portfolio protection plan, and Oxford Gold has made it easy as one, two, three. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. That's it. You now own precious metals. Call Oxford Gold today to learn more about the one, two, three protection plan. 833-404-GOLD. 833-404-GOLD. San Francisco has a lot of problems. Drugs, homelessness, violent crime, and prostitution are out of control. But instead of cracking down on the perpetrators of all those things, lawmakers and sex work advocates are toying with the idea of a red light district. Because why try to tackle illegal and illicit activity when you can just give it a complete pass, right? There is a well-known area in San Fran called Cap Street where sex workers are present and prominently displayed. In an effort to curb this curb walking, officials have attempted to put up barriers to deter the so-called cruising zone. This effort is an expected 
expected to solve the problem, so in comes the brilliant idea for a red light district instead, an area where sex work is legalized in the hopes of containing it to that area. Good luck, San Francisco, because if the California track record tells us anything, it's that coddling criminal behavior just doesn't work. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Lahren is Fearless at OutKick. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's number one talk station. And I like it when he says that. He says that very well. And we thank you for making that true. Fred Grenice, the vice president of the Venice Park Civic Association, is our guest this hour. Kirk Conover at 7, Chuck Malamut at 8, Dr. Bob Zlotnick at 9. A jam-packed uh, program, uh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, Fred, we said right before the break, I'm a believer that if you have the truth on your side, you can push a very positive narrative you speak the truth, and then you make your proposal stand on its own merit based on the fact that it's good for the neighborhood, it's good for the city, it's good for the overall you know, public will, public good. But they're actually resorting to, because I think they're trying to trick five council members to vote for this. So they want the council members to believe that the residents of Venice Park are enthusiastically in favor of this, which is an outrageous lie when Fred, we know, we know two years ago, and we know still today that the exact opposite is true. You, your fellow residents, neighbors, and friends, you are all big time against this, correct? This is correct. We are against it. We've been against it since the, the onset of uh, when Reverend Days came to the Venice Park Association meeting and told us all about it he 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 uh by the way i i like reverend days known of him and known him for many many years what what makes him like a a, a developer what how's he a developer why would he be the one who would ever approach anybody about this that's a good question and in fact you know I, how my I, mind I was, works i was i was baffled by that also he's supposed to be a, a man of god yeah of the cloth and he's over there pushing something a that is a development at way out of his wheelhouse. By the way, this is actually bad for the neighborhood. Yeah, terrible for the neighborhood. Terrible. How, why, why would he do something like that? In fact, his daughter lived in the neighborhood. She moved out now. Uh, I mean, so, he needs to, I, I, I'm going to say this sort of tongue in cheek, but he needs to go to like a confessional and, and like have a conversation with someone and say, I push something on people. I mean, I, I, from the moment I found out, and again, I like him. I've known of him for a long, long time. It's just such an odd match that he would be pushing a development project such as this in a community. I don't understand it. Well, you know, the love of money versus the love of God, that's, a, that's, a, that's something that everyone, uh, power, money, all these things, we all struggle with these. It's an these, internal these, these, struggle, battle. Always. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's getting into things that he shouldn't be getting into. I believe anyway. That's my own opinion. I bring it up only not to, not to put you into a meat grinder with me, but it just doesn't seem appropriate to me. Uh, me neither. I mean, uh, that, that should be the city actually proposing this and meeting with the neighborhood and getting trying to get your buy-in. It just, it's a very odd path well, to try to get this on. The company, uh, wherever they may be, I believe they're in the proposal now. Uh, they they didn't, didn't acknowledge who they were back then. 
but they said they had $50 million. $50 million, that's a lot of money I mean, have to sit, sitting in your face there. You know, uh, you uh, never saw the $50 million, though. I, I never saw it, but they talked about it. I know, it. they're they just talk, words. They talked the talk. Right. But they're also saying that the, civic, the Venice Park residents are in favor of it, so they're capable of saying anything. Uh, this is oh, true. we got $50 million. Oh, this is going to be so great. It's going to be great. We're going to have shrimp and every night. I mean, come on. Come on, Fred. Yeah, I mean, it's, We've been it's, around a long time. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. To be truthful. But what was the other thing that they're going to have? A shrimp tank and what else? Oh, well, they're going to have a shrimp tank and a crab tank. Crab, oh. And then they're going to serve the shrimps and crabs in this restaurant above it. Now, now, Fred, I know they're like tugging at your heartstrings because the Grenises and the Hurleys were up for a good clam bake any day of the week. And we love crabs. Yes, in particular. <laughs> but I wouldn't eat those crabs no. or those shrimp in that <laughs> restaurant they're, they're proposing. So, I mean, it's 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 unbelievable that they're proposing this idea in a neighborhood in a seaside neighborhood a quiet serene neighborhood that we have i i i still i'm still shocked that they're 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 telling lies innuendos to council in fact the last council meeting apparently that's when this resolution resolution 119 119 was proposed uh and shabazz and marshall uh, uh, took the took the. They're this, the sponsors. They're the sponsors of this. Yes. Which really, I mean, I like Kaleem a lot, but they're they're just so functionary order taker to small. I mean, that's who's bidding. They're doing what? here. Well, uh, and Ms. and, Mar- and if Ms. Marty wants it, it's not usually for a good reason. Yeah. And Miss Marshall is new to the whole thing here, so but, she but, could be drawn into 100% it. hundred percent small. Yeah, voter oh, yeah. Most every definitely. time, no matter what. That, that's the way it works. That's that's the way they work. You know, when you, especially when you don't know where you, which way you're turning. Because they want to get well, they want to stay on city council sure, and they sure. want to keep the support, so they got to vote a certain way. But I, I don't, I don't count anything out anymore, Fred. For example. There were days gone by where I would say, we're going to talk about this because you don't want to leave anything to chance, but you have nothing to worry about. There's no way that five members of city council would ever vote for something like this that would actually ruin a stable, beautiful waterfront neighborhood. There's just no way they would ever do it. I can't say that anymore. Well, it's so corrupt now that I can't say that. I I think it's – it's uh, you're right on the mark there, you know, Harry. Uh Someone told me this here. Uh, who puts the mighty dollar in front of Almighty God and allies to counsel on her way? A councilman sponsor who knows better. Uh, and, and we, the taxpayers of Venice Park, reject an incinerator in our backyard. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. Listen, you can you can put all of the the butterflies and mushrooms and all the stuff all over it. it. The bottom line is it's an incinerator. Noise is produced. Smell is produced. You have to feed it probably 24-7. It probably goes down for a couple of weeks and back up again 24-7. The trucks keep on rolling in. And the trash will be around until it goes through the process. The so even process. if you have the most wonderful filtration and and it comes out air that's cleaner than any air that's that's ever existed on the planet, the process to get it to there is a smelly one. Well, put it this way. 
Uh, I don't think the technology really exists to make it smell better than fresh air because God I to- and, and I, I totally created agree. that. There's totally no way, agree. shape, or form. Yeah, I was just giving it the absurd benefit of the doubt. But even before it would get to that point, Uh-oh. it would be a horrific process. How many people listening remember when you were a kid, maybe you were riding your bike and the trash truck went down your street? Do you remember that smell? I, I can almost make it smell in my nose like that right now. Mm-hmm. Imagine 150 a day uh, and, and all of that. I mean, you know, for example, I, the, I remember when they bought up all that land for the ACUA, for example. But they, they didn't put this kind of stuff like right next to a residential neighborhood. They put it in, in a very isolated area. Uh, it's the reason why people don't want dumps in their community, too. They smell, you know, and there's the whole methane gas, uh, you know, uh, removal process that, that that's required just to build, for example, McCullough's Emerald Links. They had all kinds of things that they had to do relative to that. Putting this in your community, and I'm not saying this because I like you, Fred, putting this in, I'd be fighting for anybody's community to keep something like this from happening. It's a very bad idea. A terrible idea. Listen, we of Venice Park totally and absolutely oppose this from the get-go. There were other proposals that were given to us. Uh, one proposal was for to grow a hydroponic uh, pot plant, marijuana plant, which which I thought was wonderful. They would they would hire about three hundred uh, citizens from Atlantic City and grow pot. Not to sell it there, just to grow it and to package it and then sell it in other areas. I mean, this is this is something that will not produce any kind of noise and or pollution. In fact, it will be a moneymaker for Venice, for, for Atlantic City and for the area. Uh, that's one of the proposals that we had that we're, we were thinking of. Uh, not accepted yet, but yeah. you know, so we have to think about these things. We, we, these are in our backyards. Well, we it's, have kids it's, here. Fred, it's, we're going to go to the break. We have still half the half of your show left. Kirk Conover on deck. It's proving that you just don't say no. You didn't say yes to that, but you don't say no to everything. Uh, you're saying no to this, though. Most definitely. And, and you said no two years ago as well. And they knew that, and they're resorting to lying. And city council members, here's what I love. You're not going to get away with saying, oh, my gosh, we thought the residents wanted this. You're on notice as of this moment on this program and with our very comprehensive uh, digital piece that already is published. And you're going to have all kinds of people at the meeting tomorrow at 5 p.m. There's no way you're going to be able to vote because they, they, they are dishonest like this. They'll say, oh, my God, they t- you know, Marty told us you, uh, you, you were all in favor of this. Uh, we thought we were doing a good thing that you can't get away with that because you've been preempted. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Fred Grenice, who is the vice president of the Venice Park Civic Association in the world's playground. WPG, I am early in the morning. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 32 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley with three stories you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Former Steve Wynn Ventnor Mansion is in the process of being demolished. And that article we wrote yesterday has gone supernova viral. Check it out. It's a good piece. Thanks to Rick Santoro for making it an even better article. Atlantic City residents are opposed to a trash to steam plant 
in Venice Park. We're talking about it now. And Atlantic City is the home of many firsts throughout history. We write about it. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. On this Valentine's Day, you'll be loving another day of sunshine, dry weather, and mild temperatures. The brisk breeze dies down early this morning. We'll see a high this afternoon around 53, way above normal for this time of year. Increasing clouds tonight could be a shower or sprinkle after midnight, low of 40. Tomorrow, spotty showers in the morning, then partly sunny, breezy, and warm, high 63. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. They say early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Uh, during the break, I checked some of the social media that's coming into me, different messages. One reads, it's not trash to steam, it's trash to cash for Marty and his friends. Now, I won't accuse Marty of being corrupt or that he's getting paid or anything like this because we don't do that kind of thing on this program. But that was hilarious when I read it. Uh, someone else wrote garbage in, garbage out. Uh, I haven't I haven't heard from anyone that says that this is just, you know, what are you doing? Why, why are you against this? This is a really great idea. Fred, I haven't heard anybody that likes this idea. I haven't met one person in Venice Park. Everyone I've 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 gone to and spoke to them about this, they're vehemently against it. Uh, and and the council should be vehemently against this. Move it somewhere else. Move it over the bridge. I mean, they're talking about a quarter mile away uh, would make the difference in the world. You know. And politi- hey, hey, by the way, Fred, you mentioned this to me during the break, and probably without your forethought about this, I don't think I would have remembered. To, to, to even I wouldn't even have thought of of mentioning this uh, neighboring communities uh, Brigantine for example that stank is coming your way if this happens that's not going to be contained to just Venice Park Fred well all summer long you have the southerly winds that blow right into Brigantine yeah and that is a direct and heat hit. heat and trash oh bad combination <laughs> yeah. oh yeah not it's, so bad not as bad in the winter not good but in the summertime trash and and heat bad combo so what i don't understand harry is what when no means no it means no we don't want it you know but but when certain politicians and their friends see potentially millions of dollars they look at it a different way and and certainly they would not place it in their own neighborhood which i can't say that enough during our time this morning with fred grenice who was the vice president of the Venice Park Civic Association, because they would never put this in their neighborhood. But they, the, the outrageousness is they think it's okay to put it in yours. It, it, it is unbelievable. It is. You know? It's a disgrace. Uh, I say they put that crap on Marty Small's basketball court. Well, How about right there? Right on the court. <laughs> You know, that's got a lot of space there, yeah. you know, and it, it's so clean. The air is going to be the most beautiful air ever. So why not right there? And no noise. And there's no, no noise. No noise. Uh, there's no smell. It's not disruptive. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, Marty's basketball court. Marty, you, you lo- you're going to lose your basketball court to John Devlin when he gets his award anyhow. Uh, so you, you lose it. We're going to move it. Maybe I'll, I'll do a new commentary. I'll support the idea if it could be placed on his property, tear his home down and 
build it right there because it'll be such an, an accent. It'll be such an upgrade, such an, a wonderful addition to any neighborhood. So I think we're on to something here. Well, maybe, Harry. <laughs> but uh, that being so facetious, I mean, yes. it's so ridiculous. Uh, and, and he knows and, and, and the councilman knows and D- Reverend Days knows. He, he, Reverend Days has a farm in Galloway. He could put it on his farm. You know, he used the manure to help do whatever he has to do there. You know, uh, we in Venice Park say no. I want to give Councilman Tibbet credit because I spoke to him in advance of your appearance today and the article that we wrote that if you want to take a look at it, there's some excellent content. There are comments directly from the president of the Civic Association, the Venice Park Civic Association, Augusta uh, Garrett. That's all in there. And it's, it's really, uh, I think, an important piece for those who are concerned about this. Uh, and even if you're in the, a, a neighboring you know, community, uh, check it out. It's there. But I appreciate Councilman Tibbet commenting. And, and I don't have the article in front of me, Fred, but this is basically what he said, that Mayor Small and certain members of city council continue to promote ideas and proposals that are bad ideas for Atlantic City. So when people are doing that kind of thing, it's for another reason, because you would think you run for office, you live in the community, you're affected by these decisions. You would always think that you would be voting in the best interests of your fellow citizens and your city. But we don't see that uh, in this particular era. Uh, There's a lot of goofy stuff that's going on. And this is just the latest. This is the latest bad idea that was bad two years ago. So how did it get so good to be on the agenda tomorrow night at 5 p.m.? Lies, lies, lies. That's what happened. Liars who lie about lying. And apparently, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter what your religious affiliation is. You just lie anyway. So, you know, money trumps trumps the, the Lord. So Think about this. Anybody that is trying to push this that is using the narrative that the neighbors are in favor of this, it is truly one of the most outrageous bald-faced lies ever told because nobody's in favor of this. That's correct. You're strenuously in objection to it. That's correct. I haven't met one person that wants this in Venice Park. Not one. Everyone I've, I've gone to and spoke to them about this, they're totally against it. Because, again, the corruption factor is like the meter is just like breaking the unit. In any other time, I know I could say there's no way this could ever get five votes because people know, oh, my God, wait, wait, you told me they want it. They don't want it. Okay, well, I'm out then. Any reasonable person, if I was voting and I heard the entire neighborhood wants this, it's great for the neighborhood, we all want it. Well, then you're voting on something that people want. And if you look at a bottom line, that it seems to make sense at at every level you look at from a business standpoint, you know, everything else. But then when you find out the entire neighborhood is not only strenuously against it, but they were against it two years ago when you tried it back then, that would end it. Yes. Yes. Well, you know something? Uh, We have a councilman over there in Venice Park uh, and I haven't heard from him. Uh, about this issue, uh, that's, uh, that silence is deafening. Uh, I really need to, need to hear from him that he opposes this 
uh, trash the steam plant. I'm going to share a comment from former New Jersey Assemblyman Kirk Conover, who will be joining us live in about 20 minutes. And he's a former uh, chairman of the Atlanta County Board of Chosen Freeholders. I have a very interesting comment to share. I'll tell you, Fred, off the air during the break. We'll share it with everyone when we come back. Fred Grenice is with us this hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. Uh, longtime Venice Park resident, more than 30 years. The vice president of the Venice Park Civic Association. And if you're just joining the program, some wackadoos in Atlantic City uh, and their friends are promoting an idea for a trash to steam plant that would bring about 150 trash trucks a day through this beautiful residential neighborhood, quiet residential neighborhood, close-knit. I've been there. Every time I go there, I'm just happy when I'm there. You look over the water, and, I mean, it's just fantastic. I've, I've been there on the street, and I've been in homes on in, in Venice Park that overlook the water, and I'm telling you, uh, everything I've actually stood by while crabbing was taking place on one of the docks. Just imagine um, messing up on purpose, abusing a community like this with some knucklehead idea. Back with Fred in just a few minutes. Don't go away with Fred Grenice. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Free. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Fred, uh, I, I would word it this way if I didn't already tell you. You will find this very interesting, but you already know about it because I shared it with you during the break. This is just another example of experience matters, and Kirk Conover has a lot of it. Uh, he, he wrote me. It's very, very um, helpful to this discussion. County and the Atlantic County Utilities Authorities. So that would be the County of Atlantic and the Atlantic County Utilities Authorities proposed a trash to steam plant in the late 1980s. The federal government vetoed the idea because it was too close to the Forsyth Federal Wildlife Reserve for an emission stack. But I thought, Fred, and you're, you're in, uh, re, you know, retired in the healthcare field and one of the best that I've ever known. You know about uh, triple filtration, surgical pavilions that have the cleanest air and all of this to avoid infection during surgery and so forth. They're bragging how this air coming out of it that we would want to have it bottled and piped into our own homes because it's the cleanest air that's ever struck the planet. Uh, The federal government vetoed this kind of idea because of an emission stack. So what's coming out of that emission stack? (laughs) You told me, Harry. I guess it's not triple filtrated, beautiful, <laughs> well, bottled air. I'm sure the, the technology has improved a little. But, you know, something, the bottom line is it's trash, the steam, the the effluent air that comes off of there is contaminated. Uh, you, and you, it, Fred, you know how they say they have bottled water where they could put, like, poop water and then ionization and ozone and all these different things they do. But let me ask you, gentle ladies and and gentlemen listening, would you drink that water if you knew that it was poop water? Uh, I'm going to raise my hand and say no, Fred. Well, I'm not drinking the poop water. Knowingly, you know, know, our our affluent plant right there—they claim that 
uh, you can drink that water coming out of there. I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Uh, it's that's, that's crazy thinking it is. And again, they, they're going to have water going into these, these tanks and growing shrimp and growing crabs. Uh, and and serving them in a restaurant. How, how, how preposterous is that? How crazy is that? You know, thinking that it's going to be. Well, they're trying know. to trick people into believing it's just it's just so wonderful. It's so it's such a environmentally friendly thing that th- there's actually going to be all this spinoff industry because of it. A restaurant and and shrimp and crabs and you know. So they want to make they're putting perfume on a pig. Is what they're doing. Uh, Lipstick basically. on a pig. <laughs> well, you know, anyway, you look at it; it's still a pig, yes. <laughs> and it still stinks. And 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 you know something, the politicians they they can twist it any way they want, but it's all the same. You know, if the politicians, Sh- Fred, shame on them to bring something back that residents already rejected. Shame on them. Well, you know, Harry, it's that's that's they're they're like. Uh, you know, the comeback kids, they keep on trying to get it until they get it wrong. And they, they, we, we want it. We don't want anything like that. We don't want them to, to get it wrong for our community. Not just, just not just Venice Park, but the rest of Atlantic City. You know, this, this is, this is, we're supposed to be the gem of, of, the, of the state. We're supposed to be the, the, uh, the uh, paradise. The, the world's the, playground. World playground with paradise. You know, and, and you have a conga line. The conga line of trash trucks going down the street, uh, going into this plant, uh, stinking, and, and uh, it just just causing all kinds of havoc in, to our environment. Let me uh, give you this opportunity in the final four minutes that we have, because your your universe is nine people, I believe. For uh, and this is an informal straw poll that I've been doing, and and for those listening. Uh, I've been working on this for a number of days. So you're hearing on-air coverage today with Fred and the article, the companion article that that I wrote uh, this morning that's now published. You can check that out. But this didn't just come up today. I've known about this for a period of time. So I've done a straw poll, if you will. There, There are four members right now that I know are opposed to it. That's not to say the five that I'm not sure of are all for it. But you just need basically one more. But you have an audience of nine people. Then it doesn't matter that Marty Small would sign it if it got to him. What would you say to those voting members right now why they should not vote for something like this? Well, you know, the people or the people that vote you in, uh, we, we the people say no. And again, no means no to you guys and gals. Uh, you should understand that right off the bat. Uh, apparently, this this uh, the meaning of no has changed in your in your vocabulary. I, I have to say that you know we the people of Venice Park and Atlantic City we're taxpayers, we're citizens. Respect us. Do not disrespect us by doing something like this. Uh, it, it's all about respect your community. We want to respect you as politicians. Do the right thing for us. How surprised are you that two years ago or thereabouts, Reverend Colin Days came to Venice Park Civic Association saying that there's $50 million behind this and we really want to do this trash to steam plant right here in the Venice Park area and your whole association enthusiastically, yet unanimously, everyone 
voted no. You want nothing to do with that. How surprised are you that they would bring it back two short years later? Well, I was astonished when he first brought it in. I was I was confused. I'm going, why, why is Reverend Days, a man of the cloth, get into this? I said, I mean, why, why would you put yourself in that position? I mean... I think it compromises him. Well, I think it's shameful to do this to our community, to do this to his reputation. Yeah. I mean, why, why would you do that? Now, I think he's a good man. That's why I think they did it. They said, hey, you're respected. You're a man of the cloth. You're a good man. If you do it, you know, I mean, I, I think they put him up to it. Well, I think it's called influence peddling. He had the influence of his church, and he's peddling that influence through politics. I think church and state have been compromised at this point. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't put it past. By the way, it was such a bad idea. It didn't matter that it was a good man that was promoting right. the idea. It was completely rejected. Correct. Correct. Even with him Correct. promoting it. It, 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 it. Listen, church. when church and state are compromised, you know, and, and, and people are compromised. The meeting, Fred, know. we have 30 seconds. The meeting is 5 p.m. tomorrow, City Hall, the Atlantic City Council. I'm going to reach out to Councilman Tibbet, try to get him on tomorrow. Today is just impossible here. We're jam-packed to see if he will comment tomorrow about this. Are you confident that there are not five votes for this? Uh, good question there. I hope there's five votes for it. I hope they. You hope there's not five votes. I hope, for I hope it. there's not five votes yeah. for it. Yeah. So, so you know something. I I uh, appreciate this, Harry. You're, you're giving me this time, and, and the community appreciates this. Well, it's time well spent. It's what we do. We serve our community, and your community is not being served well with this kind of just blatant political, you know, power move. And uh, knowledge is power. And now the voters, which are the council members, know you're against it. Good to be with For you, sure. Fred. Thank you, Harry. You know it. City, WENJHD3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. Thank you and welcome to the program. If you're just joining us in hour number two, we had a very important community impact segment, the full first hour of the program, which we almost never do in that type of long-form interview. We had Fred Gernice, the vice president of the Venice Park Civic Association in Atlantic City. And Fred has been a resident, homeowner, uh, multiple property owner. I'm not revealing private information. He shared it last hour. Uh, and the vice president of the Venice Park Civic Association. And we talked about this cockamamie, just crazy idea of disrupting this stable, very, very happy neighborhood. It's a beautiful, I know Kirk knows this, uh, it's a beautiful waterfront area uh, of Atlantic City. This Venice Park area is just fantastic. And they want to put a trash to steam plant uh, that was a bad idea two years ago when it was first proposed 
to the Venice Park Civic Association by Reverend Colin Days, which don't even get me started on on why he would even be doing something like that. Uh, it it it's just I I have nothing good to say about that. Uh, it's just wrong at so many levels. Uh, but they rejected it. The, the neighborhood rejected it on its face. And now two years later, it's on the agenda for tomorrow night's meeting. These people, this small gang, this this crazy, politically bankrupt age of of fake government in Atlantic City is just hitting new lows, you know, seemingly on a daily basis. How how could anybody, how could Kaleem Shabazz, who's, who's generally a good guy, how, how could he propose something like this? This Stephanie Marshall, I don't know. I don't know what she looks like. I don't know what she sounds like. I just know she votes 100% small, no matter how bad the idea is. So uh, it does not inspire confidence with me uh, in her. She's the co-sponsor. Kaleem is the third ward councilman. So this kind of sprawls over. It's a third and a fourth ward issue. This um, uh, questionable councilman Morshed. He's been silent on it, but he, he is 100%. Even though I hear he says bad things about Small, he votes with him 100% of the time. So I don't care what I hear. I just rate you on what I know you do. And that is your voting record, which sucks. Uh, so he's, he's in on this, evidently. And, and how could anyone vote for something like this? Now, obviously, two people have sponsored it. So maybe, maybe it's happened before. People put something up. Oh, my gosh, the residents are opposed. I didn't know that. And they pull it down or vote against it. But they, they, they can say they didn't know, but they know. I knew the residents were opposed to this two years ago. I remember when it came up. And just like the uh, vote no North Jersey casino sign that I refused to take down from my studio wall because they keep coming back. You, you just you can only um, accept incremental victories the, the, nothing that when you're dealing with this kind of political creature that has an ulterior motive to everything and nothing is what it appears to be you just have to it's, it's like a monster movie you have to continue to defeat the beast the monster Kirk Conover sent something to me about 20 minutes ago or so and uh, I think it's it's worthy of repeating. And then I want to get a comment from Kirk. Kirk, as you know, is a former New Jersey assemblyman. He is a former Atlantic County freeholder. He's a former chairman of the Atlantic County Board of Chosen Freeholders. Uh, they have proposed a uh, well, they proposed back in the day, the county of Atlantic and the Atlantic County Utilities Authority uh, proposal for a trash to steam plant in the late 1980s. Interesting to note The federal government vetoed the idea because it was too close to the Forsyth Federal Wildlife Reserve for an emission stack. So they obviously, what's the deal? I I would think, oh, my gosh, the federal government would be it would be Nirvana, this beautiful triple filtrated uh, air that's better than hospital air in a surgical pavilion. So what what gives? Uh, Probably the truth is a persistent and stubborn uh, enemy of the, this smack talk, Kirk. So, share your thoughts about that. What would you think if you if you invested and you live on the water part of the year? If you invested to live on the water, 
would you just love that 150 trash trucks a day coming through your neighborhood uh, and and turning the stanky trash into steam and then emitting it through some kind of uh, whatever process they're going to do? What would your thoughts be about that? Well, if you really want Atlantic City to be a you know world class destination resort, uh, it's not the kind of facility you want to put right on on the intercoastal uh, waterway and and right by a, a neighborhood. I mean, one of the things about making Atlantic, you know, improving the quality of life of Atlantic City is to make it uh, you know a community as opposed to just a tourist trap. So uh, it doesn't sound like it's well thought out. Um, and as I, you know, texted you earlier, we, uh, that was, the th- I was the chairman of the Solid Waste Committee, and that was the thrust of uh, all our efforts initially was to have a trash to steam plant. And we got uh, pushback from, um, it was going to be located at the current ACUA facility at Delilah Road. And the pushback was, uh, you know, that uh, it would be another source of uh, emissions into the atmosphere. And eventually we got a letter from, uh, I think it was from the New Jersey uh, DEP on behalf of the federal EPA stating uh, there's a so many mile radius around the the wildlife refuge where you cannot have a source of uh, airborne emissions, uh, no matter how pure you think they are. So that is, then we had to shift into, okay, let's, let's site a landfill. So the, that idea went down, uh, due to the proximity to the wildlife refuge. And well, it, well, go to my other point though. Why would it be okay then to emit this, uh, emissions into this neighborhood? What, the animals are more important than humans? And, and I mean, I, I will accept that obviously technology in 30-plus years um, has advanced, but just the, the neighbors don't want it. And I'm, I'm not debating you, Kirk. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just furthering the conversation. The neighbors don't want it. They didn't want it two years ago. They don't want it now. Uh, the reverend who was talking $50 million is waiting, you know, like pri- price is right, th- you know, uh, Thousands of prizes, right? I guess that's Wheel of Fortune, ready to be won. Uh, it's just a bad idea two years ago. It's a bad idea today. And we're living in such politically corrupt times that I cannot assure this neighborhood nor this audience that there aren't five votes ready to vote for this. I mean, two are sponsoring it. Uh, Marty controls five. Uh, this thing might pass five to four tomorrow night i mean and then i would urge the residents immediately file suit uh and and stop it but this is this is a very dangerous time that we live in kirk well there's a couple other points i i I have to throw in here one of the alternatives to the trash to steam plant that we looked at was one of these uh zero emission uh combustion um plants that operated at such high temperature, everything was destroyed. They currently use this type of process to destroy uh, dangerous medical waste. And the problem with that whole process is to get the emissions uh, so negligible 
uh, is very, very costly. And it just wasn't uh, cost effective for trash disposal. And I think another big point is, let's look at the way this has all evolved. Uh, Governor Kane uh, came up with a plan to centralize trash disposal in New Jersey. He put the counties in charge of it. And the plan was shut down all municipal trash operations, such as landfills. You know, we had them in Egg Harbor Township. We had them in Galloway Township. Uh, shut them down, centralized the facility, and the power to regulate trash disposal was given to the counties, and we delegated it to the ACUA. So I don't think municipalities can freewheel on this. I think, uh, in my recollection, and uh, it, this is a law. I mean, you, the, the county's in charge. The is in charge of trash. Cities cannot freewheel and say, oh, I'm going to build a landfill. I'm going to, you know, have a trash esteem plant. So I think that that's another uh, aspect to this that uh, you know, seems to be being ignored by uh, the city of Atlantic City. It will be interesting. Kirk, let's get the first break in. It will be interesting. We're going to change subjects uh, when we come back with Kirk Conover. We have a lot that we want to cover as well. But uh, time well spent. Uh, and Fred, I know uh, that you're driving to a uh, somber occasion this morning. We wish you well. Um, but no doubt, it's usually where we can look at something and say, oh, no, no, just, there wouldn't be five votes for something like that. Not, not today. Not now. Not with this political clown car. Anything is possible. And then they have the, the, the state that's backing up all of it. Stuff that the state would have knocked out in five seconds now gets validated. And in some cases... If city council votes against something that Marty Small wants, the state within hours uh, reinstates it, orders it to be so. I mean, we are living in a true bizarro world. There's no doubt about it. I want to talk a little bit about Super Bowl 57 with Kirk when we come back. We'll see if he agrees or disagrees with a call at a minute and 50 seconds left in the game that actually decided the Super Bowl. Does Kirk believe that that was an appropriate holding call or, uh, and you don't have to agree with me, Kirk. Uh, if you think it's a good call, you know, you'll, you'll say what you will say. Uh, I think it's one of the worst calls in Super Bowl history because it completely did not take into account, in my view, that it was going to decide the winner of the game and that the, the pass was not catchable to begin with and that the runner, or rather the receiver, didn't have his uh, path to the route that he was pursuing uh, in any way uh, altered. It, it was incidental, in my view, all the way. And I say that not as a, I've never been a football official, but as somebody that was responsible for more than a quarter of a century administering the rules of a game and, you know, intent and advantage, disadvantage, uh, big things. Uh, you can have two players, and sometimes crowds don't understand it. Two players can have an am amazing collision, but if neither one gains or loses an advantage, uh, you, you don't call anything. It's not just that they touched. If the player lost possession of the ball because he got crashed into, you got to make the call. 
but it was it was a very it almost seemed like the call that like a rookie official would make that's being over officious. We'll see what Kirk has to say about it when we come back and a whole lot more because obviously there's a lot of news uh, in, in our economy and many other things going on. I want to get Kirk's take on what are now not being called balloons. Don't call them balloons. Call them objects. Uh, some of them are octog- uh, octagon-shaped and uh, all these different things. It's, one is metallic. I mean, it's unbelievable. And we hear nothing. We hear nothing about anything except what they want you to know. We'll be back. Here's Sean Hannity. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. We got an update on China and their military planes and warships have now entered the Taiwan Strait. Two dozen Chinese military planes, warships detected in the Taiwan Strait and 11 of Beijing's aircraft crossed the the median line. You know what I'm, I'm telling you what's happening here is neither China nor Russia, nor any of these countries, all of the world's worst actors have no fear of Joe Biden and his ability to fight back or make a decision. So they feel empowered, they feel emboldened, and it would not shock me if the balloon trial was a test of Biden in a lead up to maybe their quote reunification with Taiwan, which I'm pretty certain is coming, if not sooner, at some point later, because it's saying that it's going to happen. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. Do you have more than $50,000 saved for retirement that you can't afford to lose? Biden's pro-inflation White House sent billions to Ukraine, burying U.S. in national debt, while doing nothing to stop inflation and help our own country. Can your retirement survive crippling inflation and growing debt at the same time? If you have $50,000 or more saved for retirement, heed the warnings. Do something to protect yourself now. That's why, right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to protect their retirement savings from everything that's going on. So call 855-815-GOLD to get your free IRS loophole kit and see how you could protect your retirement savings while getting up to $10,000 in free silver for doing it. We could be looking at a future worse than 2008. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. today. Call 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back. Visiting with Kirk Conover. It's 25 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. So, Kirk, what did you think about the uh, the call, the holding penalty against the Eagles with a minute and 50 seconds left in a 35-35 tied game super bowl 57 what did you think of that absolutely horrible uh i agree with you it was probably the worst call in super bowl history um you could with that kind of ticky tack uh foul you could probably call that on every play every play oh my god imagine what you could be doing to offensive linemen and defensive linemen and all the secondary i mean you're you're so right about that and just the sad thing is it, it all went um Kansas City's way. I mean, Chuck Malamut was incensed two weeks ago, and he's not a Kansas City fan or a Cincinnati fan. He's just a, you know, just a fair-minded, you know, good man. Uh, KC got a break 
against Cincinnati. Cincinnati got absolutely jobbed, robbed. You know, Kansas City is almost like a fake, fluke Super Bowl winner. Cincinnati should have been in that game to begin with. So they get the benefit of a garbage late call then. It's like, hey, you're not in in, uh, field goal range, but don't worry. We got you covered. We got your back. Uh, We're giving you 15 yards. Now kick the game, you know, kick the field goal and win the game. Uh, and, and then they did it to the Eagles. I mean, I, I think it should be investigated what's going on here. Well, I think uh, you and uh, Charles and Bob made a good point yesterday when you were discussing the fact that this is like an all-star game uh, team of officials. It's not, it's not a, crew. Uh, a unit that's yeah. worked together all year, right? Yep. And I think that was the case because – You've seen uh, in in multiple games uh, all the time they pick up flags. You know the head umpire says no, that wasn't you know, and they pick up the flag. But I don't think he wanted to get involved in it and embarrass a so-called all-star uh, fellow uh, referee. Well, that's exactly what I think happened. And even if you look at it this way, Kirk, if you're a crew, you're a team. If you're picked from different crews and thrown into some new all-star crew, you are now splinters. You don't have camaraderie. You don't have chemistry. Uh, and I agree with you completely. If, for example, if me, you, Chuck, and Bob Progner, and throw a few more people, you know, friends of ours in, if we're a crew, our job is to get it right. If, Kirk, if you're the referee and I throw some, you know, uh, hair breath harry uh flag with a minute and 50 to go you'd huddle us together and say hey harry listen you know just look at things here that was incidental uh we're gonna pick that flag up and as a team you pick the flag up but here you don't want to hurt somebody's feeling embarrass them uh before the world uh because this is somebody you don't work with you don't have that chemistry and camaraderie and i really believe that's the reason that this call happened a splinter made the call and the referee stood by it yep and uh think about what it did it it, it took <laughs> i mean for me personally it was like someone knocked the wind out of me. well i said to our whole group i said guys you do understand the game is over now I said that the Kansas City, I looked at the clock. I said, Kansas City is going to run it down. Uh, and I got to give credit. A lot of runners would have wanted to score a touchdown. That runner was very disciplined to slide on the one-yard line uh, and did not go into the, uh, into the end zone. Uh, and then they got into the victory formation. And, and uh, you know, I said there's going to be about 11 or 12 seconds left. That's it. I said, this game's over. The Eagles are going to get the ball, ball back, but there'll be no time to do anything. And I even predicted that they would do a squib kick and not kick it in the end zone because then it would have been to the 25. And then you could have thrown a couple of plays and got to, um, you know, within uh, field goal range. But by kicking the squib, you took three or so seconds off the clock. Now it's eight seconds. There's just no time to do anything. So I said, that official ended the Super Bowl. He decided to be the decider. Kirk, it's the halftime break. If you want to comment further about that, I promise you the time is yours when we come back in just a few minutes. Chuck Malamut, about 35 minutes ahead. Uh, And then we have Dr. Boslotnik in today's 9 o'clock hour. A jam-packed early in the morning continues. Don't go away. 
This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It's 30 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on the app. Former Steve Wynn Ventnor Mansion is in the process of being demolished. The former Golden Nugget casino owner. Uh, Very, very sad because the property is amazing. Uh, read the story. There's reasons for it. Read it. It's it's uh, and it's gone supernova viral. Atlantic City residents oppose the trash to steam plant uh, idea in Venice Park, and Atlantic City is the home of many firsts throughout history. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. The wind has really been whipping since late yesterday. The brisk breeze will calm this morning, setting us up for another beautiful day. Sunny, dry, and mild. High of 53 this afternoon. Increasing clouds this evening, leading to a shower or sprinkle chance after midnight, low of 40. Spotty morning rain showers tomorrow, then turning partly sunny and breezy and warm, high of 63. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Hurley in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. From the world's playground. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 35 minutes past the hour with Kirk Conifer. We continue. Kirk, anything further about the um, the Eagles and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs game? Only that uh, pundits, uh, people, uh, general opinion is it was one of the greatest uh, Super Bowls ever played. And the ref took the air out of the balloon. It could have been even greater. If they gave the uh, Eagles a fighting chance at the end there with 150 left, you know, picture it going down the field, Jalen Hurts. I mean, what it, it would have been. The... It, would, it, would, it would have been epic, Kirk, and they would have scored. I'm absolutely convinced they would have at least kicked a field goal. They would have been doing Kansas City. Andy Reid's very conservative. It's what they do. It's what most teams do. They play that prevent defense. The Eagles would have had a minute and 50 to go down the field win the game, or at least kick a field goal. And I'll tell you, I was really proud of the Eagles because they led or tied. It was 7-7 seven to seven at one point. Then they led the entire game, dominated time of possession. And when they fell down by eight points, I don't know if you felt this way, Kirk. I was not deflated. I said they're going to come down, and they're going to score, and then they're going to make the two-point conversion. And I wasn't saying that like a fanatic. I just believed that this team never quits and that they were going to do that. I was worried then when there was like a little more than five minutes left in the game because I thought, wow, they may not touch the ball again. And, of course, that's the way that it happened. Shouldn't have, but that's the way that it went. Did you feel good about the Eagles getting that eight points and getting back into that game? I did. I had total confidence. And, uh, you know, it just – bottom line – the defense didn't step up. They needed to make one stop yeah. in the second half, and they failed. No sacks. Well, I mean, they really, in a way, they and now it would have been a field goal attempt instead of you know with a minute and fifty, uh, instead of being able to end the game with the field goal attempt with you know so little time left. But they did stop them on that third down. Uh, only the referee, it wasn't the referee, but one of the officials, I don't know if it's a back judge, I don't know what that slot, that, that spot is called, but anyhow, that official uh, decided to uh, to award Kansas City with a first down. Just outrageous, because that would have been fourth down 
Andy Reid would not have gone for it. He would have kicked the field goal. Probably they would have made the field goal. Uh, and the Eagles would have had that time. But you are correct, though. Uh, Kansas City scored every single time they had the ball in the second half and still only won by three points with eight seconds left in the game. Yeah, it was epic. I'm proud of the Eagles. They're going to be good for a long time. They've All their, their key uh, impact players are are still young, so I think we're going to be back at it again next year, uh, big time. Let me see if I can find this. I took a screen capture of something, though, that did uh, catch my attention. Hold on. hope I can find it. Uh, the Eagles have some key positions. Eagles are going to lose some of these players, Kirk. They can't, they're not going to be able to keep them all. Let me see if I can find this. I was surprised. I didn't think it was going to be like this, but uh, God, I hope I took well, even that, I mean, I have total, complete confidence in Howie Roseman. He seems to be a, a genius at, at uh, picking personnel. Oh, my go- my goodness. You know, he got he got a bad rap for a couple of years in there, but he's uh, he's been there a long time, and uh, they, they definitely um, made every adjustment you would ever want to see. I don't have it in front of me. Darn it. It's a shame. Well, they're going to have to s- sign Jalen Hurts, to a new contract and it'll be a long-term contract so that's going to commit a lot of money and then who was the cornerback that uh had that penalty um at the end uh brandenburg or something i forget his name his contract uh, yeah. yeah oh my god is that his name something like that uh, i can't think of it that's all right i can't either but it's something like that his contract is up and there's a few other really good players who the Eagles are going to have to uh, to sign or they won't be able to sign them. Uh, God, I, I, th- I thought for sure I took a screen capture, but it's not in my phone, Kirk. Um, in any event, or I'd be able to tell you the names. I'll try to find it during the um, the next break. Uh, let's, let's move on. Uh, and I, I am going to ask Chuck, though. Chuck's making his way in right now. Because you did have Kansas City get that call against uh, Cincinnati, and now you, Kansas City gets that and call. Bradbury. Bradbury. All right. So I just said Brandenburg. Pretty close. Yeah. So he's he's definitely up. Uh, but the definitely uh, Kansas City. They're very very fortunate to be to to be in the Super Bowl, let alone be Super Bowl champions. Uh, second time in four years. Eagles would have been second time in five years. Just wasn't wasn't meant to be oh i see what happened here wait a minute nope i thought i've i thought i oh yeah i did find it i found it uh eagles have a number of notable free agents including ready kirk miles sanders cj gardner johnson james bradbury isaac Samulo, fletcher cox and brandon graham complicating matters is that quarterback jalen hurts is eligible for a contract extension. They'll have to set a big chunk of money aside to lock Hertz in long-term, and we'll have to let some quality players walk. So that's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, they've got a lot of depth. I, I just uh, I'm pretty confident in Roseman. He's, <laughs> he pulled it off. I mean, who, who knew that the Eagles were going to be this good this year? So. Yeah, that, well, look, in one year, they got they got so good. 
And, of course, who knew that Jalen Hurts could have such progression from last year to uh, from freshman year to sophomore year? Quite amazing. With Kirk Conover, we're going to be right back. It's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. Thanks to you. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 14.50 AM, South Jersey's number one talk station. Love it when he says that. Uh, Thank you for making that possible. 47 minutes past the hour with Kirk Conover. Kirk, this is the part of the program where I give you an opportunity to behave like a very good husband. But first I go. Uh, I want to wish Margie, this is, I believe, our 42nd could be 43rd, but I think it's 42nd, Valentine's Day together. Happy Valentine's Day to Margie, who is beyond words, beyond awesome. Happy Valentine's Day, honey. Kirk, be a great husband. Happy Valentine's Day, Nancy. I, I walked upstairs during the break and wished her happy Valentine's Woo! Day. It's strong. Probably, strong, Kirk. It's probably, it's probably, yeah. How many years? And uh, she's got... That's uh, probably 29. Good stuff. Yep. Yep. There are good things that and, can last. Uh, and, 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 and by the way, in this crazy society that we live in, there are enduring things that we need to be very um, appreciative of. And you know that I am, and I know that you are. Yeah. Well, she's got three nice cards laid out there, and she's waiting for me to. Uh, you know, when I'm off the air, <laughs> she wants to wait till till then to open them up. So. Oh, that's nice. Well, happy Valentine's yeah. Day to all of our listeners and all the special ladies out there. To my daughter, Kristen, my daughter, Lauren. I've already talked to Lauren. I'll talk to Kristen in a little bit. Uh, Kristen, in fact, it may be in the car right now. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, Kristen, our first child, our first daughter. And... Uh, Wow, it's just, it's amazing. It's Kirk, it is amazing how fast this life goes by, isn't it? Yes, it is. I have a theory that, uh, you know, when you're a little kid, uh, every day seems really long because it's a, a big per- percentage of your life. And as you get older, every day becomes a smaller and smaller percentage of your entire life. So that's why I think it seems to go much faster. But... When you're engaged in life and uh, enjoy life and you're happy, uh, I think that also uh, makes things seem to go faster uh, because you're fully engaged. You yeah. Know, yep. I think I think that's I think that's right, and it just keeps going faster and faster. And I do think, for the reason that you said, because there's more in the rearview mirror than there is going, you know, forward. And I think there is. Um, mathematically even something to that kirk let me get your take uh, on these um what are now being called objects not balloons because the one uh general said don't call them balloons because some of them aren't 
So we have the big balloon that was flying at like 60,000 feet that Joe Biden let fly through Alaska and then the entire continental United States, uh, allowed China to get all the information they wanted. Then we decide to shoot it down over Kirk and Nancy's uh, home in South Carolina. Never understood any of that. Now they're shooting them down like chiclets, you know, over airspace. Now, I guess there's no more danger to shooting them over land. So I'm so sick of being lied to, Kirk. Uh, But on top of that, what the hell are these things? One is octagonal. One is uh, saying metallic in a different shape. What are these things? Well, what's scary is... Uh, it sounds like there's some kind of advanced technology uh, coming from China or, you know, I don't even put it past the Russians. That one that was shot down over Prudhoe Bay in Alaska. I mean, that that seemed to come over the North Pole, which would indicate it came from Russia. And it's five of them in like a week or nine days. It's crazy. Yeah. These are all probes, I think. Here's another thing I'd like to ask you. Because once Biden got busted, when a civilian caught the thing, they come clean and say, yeah, well, there was one four months ago uh, and act like they were going to tell us. But, of course, they were never going to tell us. They didn't tell us about the first one. But then they were so quick to say, and the number kept changing, that it happened during Trump. That's always their default, either to blame Trump or to say, well, it happened to Trump, too. You know, that, like like misery loves company kind of thing. Like everybody, everybody had balloons coming out of their heinies. Uh, Trump did, too. Only the um, Ratcliffe, the director of national intelligence, didn't know. Pence didn't know. Trump didn't know. Uh, what's his face? John Bolton, who hates Trump, that takes every opportunity to trash Trump and make him look bad, said it never happened. And he hates Trump. Uh, no one in the administration says it happened. But now they say they have uh, data that proves that it happened. What do they have, like uh, balloon balloon registers? I mean, how do I'm not believing any of this crap that they're selling. No, and that's John Kirby. He's he's the worst liar of all. Oh, he's terrible. He he's terrible. Constructed- you know, Corrine Jean-Pierre's just dumb. This guy is not dumb. And he he outrages me, Kirk. And to think he was a four, you know four star. I don't know if it's four star, but he was a top admiral yep. in the navy. I mean, and yeah, he he came out and made this construct that uh, oh yeah, there were, there were uh, balloons flying over the U.S. when Trump was president. And he chose not to tell us. Come on. <laughs> you know, as as transparent as Trump was, uh, you know. <laughs> He would have reveled in the idea that uh, they could have shot one of these things down. But anyway, it it just is um, very disturbing. Kirk, one last thing about this. Biden didn't shoot that China spy balloon down because he's compromised. He allowed that thing to take. They map. They're they're trying to take us on. They were mapping the United States with that balloon. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Biden allowed that to happen and then shot it down. Why did he shoot down all these ones over land when they didn't shoot that one down because they said, oh, it could hurt somebody. It's over land. We had to wait till it was over the waters. We had to let it go through the whole country. How come you can shoot them down now, Kirk? You got me. I mean, they're trying to say that the one I got you and we got them because they're caught. They're caught in their web of lies. 
Yeah, I'd like to see what, what China would do if we lost a bunch of balloons from uh, somewhere. <laughs> I mean, know. remember, this went from Biden let that Chinese balloon fly through the entire country before shooting it down to China saying uh, that we were you know, guilty of an act of aggression and we want our property back. This is how much Biden is owned by China. And it's it's disturbing on so many levels, but it also uh, falls right into what China wants to do. You and I discussed it before. They want to be the world's superpower, not only in militarily, but economically. And they want to um, unhinge the dollar, which would, you know, collapse uh, our economy. Uh, so it all plays into Xi's, uh, Chairman Xi's, uh, Master plan, and Biden is the perfect stooge uh, to go along with it because he is compromised. And if you, you know, this is our first time since the State of the Union, but when you read that State of the Union, Joe Biden is Bernie Sanders. I mean, he wants to cripple our economy, make it a socialist, uh, non non productive uh, piece of work. So it's it's all very disturbing. I hope we can uh, muddle through and, and get the new leadership in 2024. Now, Kirk, they um, they said that she was going to announce tomorrow on February 15th, whoever they are. I've never been ever, ever able to find out who they are, but they, they said it. Uh, she actually announced this morning, and I watched it. It's about a three-minute and 20-some-second uh, video. Nikki Haley is a declared candidate for president of the United States. It turns out I learned it from a friend of mine at Fox News who texted me a few minutes ago. Vivek Ramaswamy is considering running for president. And now I like him. I've interviewed him. Great conservative, super, super guest to interview. I mean, I don't think he's going to be the next president, but very bright. He's going to run, it looks like. Pence is going to run. DeSantis this spring is going to announce that he's going to run. Uh, let's see, uh, Bolton has already announced he's running. It's funny, they don't even count Bolton. The media says only Trump is declared candidate. John Bolton declared he's running. They don't even count that he's running. I think my friend Chris Christie is running. Uh, they don't mention him too much anymore. Uh, it looks like, um, Tim Scott of your second home state of South Carolina, that he's going to run. Uh, it's going to be quite a crowded field for the Republican nomination, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, they all have uh, the right message. Uh, they're all uh, good people. Uh, there's no one there that's, you know, an outlier as far as having the right conservative economic policies uh, and, and foreign policy and military policy. It's just that um, and we're, none of them have any uh, national uh, platform except, you know, Pence, you know, being vice president. We got to give Nikki Haley some international and national cred. Uh, I don't think her resume. Uh, I thought she was a great governor of South Carolina. You comment if you think the same or otherwise. Uh, but she has experience at the national level. I mean, we got to give her that. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to beat Trump. And I think the more of them that run with the way that Republicans win or take all, uh, I, I will predict, though, early on, now something could change here. Trump is going to lose New Hampshire, probably. 
And it's kind of far away to figure that one out. I mean, New Hampshire used to be such a strong conservative state. And, uh, well, you have, you have Sununu right now. I think he's fourth in his own state. And you have uh, Nikki Haley is fourth in her own state. And Sununu is actually the incumbent governor. Nikki Haley just used to be the governor. So it's kind of interesting how even in their own home states, uh, they're way back. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I mean, with uh, the Fed ratchet, continuing to ratchet up interest rates and the economy going through this sort of rolling recession, very important that 2024 we get a president, uh, and I think it'll be Trump, but we get a president that is going to restore our energy independence, and that would supercharge the economy back to uh, health. Kirk, Kirk, the music's playing. Quick, quick minute on that, because I swear I was going to end with that. And it's Kismet here. You just said it. I've been driving by my corner gas store. When I left for Connecticut on Friday, a regular gallon was 337.9. Then when I got home, it was 227.9. It's now 225.9 in a couple of days. Why is it down like 12 cents? Well, the... the Oil market's getting whipsawed. I mean, uh, Russia said they're cutting back production, and this one and that one going to cut production. But the higher prices are bringing on, um, bringing back a lot of the frackers in in the U.S. that shut down when the prices got so low. There you go. So there is some increased U.S. production based on on the high price of of oil right now. Kirk, to so, be continued. Thanks for a great show. Yep. All right. Thanks, Howie. Really good pleasure to be on your program. Thank you, Kirk. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. It's halftime. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is five minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. We are joined by Chuck Malamud, who presents... This very listenable financial program each and every Tuesday morning in the 8 o'clock hour for 31 years. It's amazing. I'm telling you, it's a record of longevity that uh, is, is so rarefied. The information, views, and opinions expressed on this broadcast are those of Charles Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast and are subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, member SIPC. And in our opening mini segment, we are going to talk football with Chuck Malamut because basically... Two weeks ago today, Chuck was incensed, and rightfully so. I felt the same way about it, uh, that the Cincinnati Bengals were flat-out jobbed, robbed by officiating, by poor officiating, uh, which advantaged Kansas City and put the wrong team potentially into the Super Bowl. Now fast-forward two weeks later, and here we are with Chuck again, and Kansas City gets perhaps the greatest gift of all time in Super Bowl history 
with with a, a phantom penalty call that no seasoned official, I believe, would, would typically make in a regular season game, let alone in the Super Bowl with a minute and 50 left, knowing they all, just trust me, I was an official. I knew what player had four fouls, and, and, and that fifth foul needed to be a real foul, not some garbage thing. I don't care what anybody tells you. They know what's going on. This official knew that Kansas City was going to be able to run out the clock and have a short field goal to win the Super Bowl, as opposed to it being fourth down and long and the Eagles uh, getting the ball back with almost two minutes. Chuck, and it's not just that it happened to the Eagles. I was just as emphatic during your show uh, when we talked about it two weeks ago. Uh, do you feel the same as I do about that call, or do you see it differently? Uh, good morning, Harry. So before we get to football, quick uh, public service announcement, if you don't mind. Um, a little bit late getting to your studios, an accident, uh, Garden State Parkway, Jimmy Leeds Road out in Galloway. So if your listeners are in that area, they might want to try to avoid that area to save some time and find an alternate route. Good call. Um, But, yeah, with respect to football, and I think we'll spend a few minutes on this, um, I think we need to roll the clock back here a little bit, and let's talk about the path of Kansas City and how they ultimately did get to win the Super Bowl. Um, You know, the first game uh, against Jacksonville, it was a nail biter. Uh, they 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 did get off to a a fairly good lead. Jacksonville closed, and and that game got downed again to the last minute or so. Um, officiating was, I guess, I'll put it okay. Uh, the second game, and we talked about it at fairly at, at a you know at length last time we were together two weeks ago, and um, I'm still of the opinion that Cincinnati absolutely robbed um, as, as evidenced in the, the result being Kansas City, you know, getting a gift field goal with no time left. Um, you know, it's really hard to repeat yourself, but, you know, the referees um, did the exact same thing in uh, the Eagles game. Now, it's hard for a team, and I'm not, you know, disrespecting any Eagles players, fans, or the like, but when you get scored on every time in the second half, it's really hard to play through that adversity. So to Kansas City's credit, I will, you know, Andy Reid and crew, I mean, the, the adjustments that they made at halftime obviously uh, boded well for them, and not. And um, I'm not so certain what the Eagles tried to do accomplish at halftime, but that did not work for them. Yeah. Um, however, having said all that, I think you and Kirk uh, scripted this absolutely perfect. Uh, the, the, that call should have never been made, uh, even though the defensive back did admit, quote, he, he, was, he held him. They, they hold all day long. And when you are in the last two minutes of a game, you need to be really conscious of, of your surroundings. And I'm not so certain that the ref uh, had any idea what he was doing and why he was doing it. But this whole all-star crew, uh, I think that really needs to be eliminated. You really need to stick with crews that have worked together the entire season. I think there's a a lot to be said for that. Now, 
so you so that call was made. Kansas City basically runs the clock out, takes a field goal, wins the game, um, to the disappointment of Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia uh, Eagles fans. Now, Harry, I don't know. You're you're a guy in the know, and you get a lot of information. But I'm surprised you didn't hear about this um, at, at the victory parade. Um, what is happening with Kansas City? They have scheduled an additional two floats uh, for the, um, you know, for the parade. And, you know, the first float will be the officiate, the crew <laughs> that did the this. Cincinnati game. I knew you were do and this. the second crew is going to be, uh, or the second float is going to be the crew that did the, uh, the Super Bowl uh, game. There's no, I mean, you know, we talk a lot about football, first of all. You know, when you think about the path of the NFL, Tom Brady retiring, so they need the new spokesperson of the NFL, and that's and that you know, like it or not, Harry, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and I don't like and, it. Um, I don't I like it, was, it. And I think I think it's very it was very evident uh, all throughout the playoffs. We talked about you know Tony Bobo, um, all you know, basically in love with 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 Mahomes. Um, I think you saw a little bit of that. Uh, again on Sunday with with Fox, although not quite as not quite as bad, but it was enough where you kind of, as you always say, you kind of throw up in your mouth. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts. There, there's no doubt about it. There's you know, his contract needs to get rewritten. You know, well he's d- he's due for those. And Bob Progner wrote me a little bit ago, Chuck. I didn't realize I knew uh, that Jalen Hurts was playing for short money. That man went sixteen and two when you count the Super Bowl loss. Sixteen and two, and they paid him one million dollars. There are absolute scrubs by comparison, making several million. Uh, Bob believes his contract will be in the. I think he wrote. I could look it up. Forty-five to fifty million a year range. Uh, it's going to be huge, which then will lead the Eagles. To having, unfortunately, to jettison. Let me go to Bob's text. I think it was forty-five to fifty that he wrote. Give me a second here. Yeah, forty-five to fifty million a year. So we announced that they have like five players. I, I think they'll find a way to sign Fletcher Cox. There also is discussion. Uh, maybe he won't now that they lost. Maybe he will because he already has a Super Bowl. But Jason Kelsey may um, he may retire the best center in the entire NFL. Uh, if I can go to this um, sheet, it was like hidden. I found it. Uh, Miles Sanders, that'd be a tough guy to lose, but they may. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, James Bradbury, who's the cornerback that uh, got the penalty, Isaac Zamulo, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham. Uh, I'm thinking Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox first, Brandon Graham, they'll re-sign them, I believe, they're all free agents that I just said, but they're going to lose some of the others: Sanders, Gardner Johnson, Bradbury, Samulo. But it looks like they're going to keep the majority of that team, both sides of the ball. They're going to keep that team together. Uh, that's hard to do, Chuck, in the in the NFL today because of this salary cap and all this stuff. No, you're absolutely right, Harry. I mean, take a look at you know a perfect example of that is take a look at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, yeah, they went from barely missing the Super Bowl, winning it the year before that, to pretty awful this year. Yeah, and um, I mean, I don't. I think there's a lot. There's a lot to it, and obviously, 
you know Brady retiring and the way he retired and how he retired. I, I think there's I think there's more to come um, from that. But I I, I think you know in, in light of everything happening with the Super Bowl, with you know he I think he handled that the right way. Uh, went on social media, said I'm done. Um, but and he's taking a year off actually, Harry. I don't know if you're aware of that. I, oh, I am. Not, I am, and I've mentioned it. Yeah, he he'll start. His 10-year contract at $37.5 million a year. He'll be, he's guaranteed in his contract to be number one uh, analyst. So that means that I always forget his name. Who's the guy from Carolina? He was a 10, 15-year uh, wide receiver. Uh, he, he announced the Super Bowl. Uh, God, I can never remember his name. Yeah, I got some, I'm drawing All right, So anyhow... Uh, he and by the way, that guy's going to go from ten million a year to three million a year, but not next year. Uh, and I got to say, he he's he's warming. I'm warming up to him. Uh, he's very very good. Chuck, let's get your first break in. Chuck is um, mobilizing at the moment due to an accident on um, the Garden State Parkway near Jimmy Lee's Road. So be guided accordingly in that area if you can avoid it. You'll be doing yourself a big favor. Chuck had to reroute all the way around and come a long way to get here to Broadcast Center, which he's minutes away. Uh, we'll be right back with Chuck Malamut. You're listening to WPG Talk Radio 95.5 because of you. South Jersey's number one news talk radio station with Chuck Malamut. And we will talk all about your financial matters. For example, in about 14 minutes, the January CPI numbers will be out, and that'll give us some indication in terms of what the consumer price index is for the previous month. And Chuck has a whole lot more that he'll be sharing for the remainder of this hour. Back in just a moment with Chuck, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's 20 minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut is here. Uh, if you were listening at the beginning of the program, Chuck is always Hurley. He's never late. Notice I said Hurley, Chuck. Uh, always Hurley, never late, my brother. Uh, and today, though, an accident made him have to backtrack all the way around and very long distance uh, and, and not the, the obviously the path that he would usually take. So he lost time and on top of having to take a longer path to get here. In any event, Chuck is here. Uh, the program continued anyhow. And I'm um, looking forward to this segment, but then after the break, Chuck, uh, to see what January CPI has to say. Uh, first, welcome to your program, Market Update. So, Harry, last thank you. So last week, um, not, a, not a great week for, for equities. Uh, as, as it turned out, the S&P was uh, down a little bit over 1%. Uh, first time in three weeks it was down. The NASDAQ down about 2.5%. Uh, and again, first time that index was down in about six weeks. You know, crude, and I, you guys talked about this last hour, actually crude for the week was up about 8.6%. Best week that we saw uh, since October. Um, you know, Treasuries ran into some somewhat of a headwind due to the repricing uh, based on what the Fed is doing. The only positive sector for last week, Harry, was energy. It was up 5%. Uh, worst sector, uh, communication services. And um, and a lot of that was due to the what I'll call the AI disaster, uh, you know, that everyone had looked at with respect to Google 
and or Alphabet what they what they had rolled out. So, um, you know, having said that, this, the market did take a little bit of a breather. Uh, you know, Harry, as as it worked out, you know, uh, when we look at the indices uh, year to date, uh, going into yesterday. S&P up 6.7%, Dow up uh, 2.3%. The winner of the group is the NASDAQ up about 12 And we talked about this, uh, best sectors and worst sectors. Best sectors year-to-date, communication, dis- or I'm sorry, consumer discretionary up 146 Communication services up 13.1%. Information technologies up a little bit less than 13 And again, Harry, those were the worst performing sectors of 22, 2022. And then uh, on the flip side, the, the worst performing sectors year-to-date, utilities, healthcare, and consumer staples down anywhere from 2 to 4%. Uh, you know, energy's in the middle of the pack, so to speak. But, the, the, you know, right now, um, you know, all eyes, again, back on, you know, what's going to be happening in, a, in about uh, seven minutes or so. And that's, uh, that's CPI. Sidebar, Chuck, and we're going to cover that strong as soon as we can. Sidebar. Are these balloons and, and uh, octagon-shaped uh, mysterious objects and all of this uh, sci-fi uh, alien story, I mean... Is that affecting markets at all, or no. is it, it's not even it's not even on the radar? Is it? No, I mean it, it is strange, though. It is very strange. I mean, it, and you know the the, the path with the first I'll call it the first one. Uh, the, 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 well, well the, we could grasp the first one. It's a Chinese spy satellite. It's at sixty thousand feet. A civilian caught it. That's the only reason the government even came clean. Then they admitted there was one four months before that. Hello. Uh, and so we knew that, and it was traveling through the country, and then they said they couldn't shoot it down because they didn't want to risk anybody over land. But now they're shooting four more out of the sky over yes. land like it doesn't even matter. So it's just crazy. The it, first one I understood, these next four, they're being very mysterious about. They are. They are. And I think, you know, the, the, the big fear was I mean, maybe, maybe if you shot it, the first one down, there would be some sort of – uh, nuclear hazard waste, you know, anthrax or whatever. Yeah. That and and, and uh, I think the government was concerned about that, but now it doesn't seem like they're concerned about much of anything other than uh, taking these, um, you know, taking these, you know, objects, balloons. I don't know what you want to call them. Yeah, Harry. they say they say objects, which means some of them are not balloons, and they're trying to, I guess, figure out their propulsion means and all these different things we're holding january cpi obviously until after the break because why, it don't, don't we, why don't we do that right now actually because i don't know what i don't you know can what do it's it gonna, now i don't know what it's going to be but oh, we can okay. talk about what we think oh, it's going to okay. be all right good uh so so uh again at eight thirty, the consensus forecast uh is that cpi rose you know five tenths of one percent in january and that's as you talked about. Oh, they're about, saying it's rose. It's, it's, it's due Ooh. to a, an increase in energy costs. Uh, gas prices fell, uh, you know, pretty significantly in November and December, but have increased uh, substantially so far in 2023. I know that Although you, they've come down in the uh, last yeah, But remember, this days. is this is January. Yeah. This is not, not what happened, you know, yesterday. Right. Uh, so if the headline index comes in as expected – it's going to cut the increase from a year earlier to 6.2% versus a 6.5% that we had seen in the 12 months through December. So we're moving, continue to move ever so slightly in, in, the, in the right way. But, 
you know, investors, economists, and most importantly, the Fed, uh, they're going to be more interested in core CPI, Harry, which excludes, you know, the volatile food and energy components of the index. That's expected to have increased four-tenths of, of uh, 1% for the second straight month. It would be up 5.5% from January of 22, down from 5.7%, a year-over increase from the prior month. So, again, that's moving in, in the right direction. So it's progress for sure, Harry, but it still represents an uncomfortably high inflation. And I think what's going to be they're going to be focusing again is it's all about now these wage uh, driven services components of core CPI. You know, if you remember January, the, the, the job print was just, you know, through the roof. I mean, no one expected 500,000 plus jobs. So, um, and and I guess you know in a, in a couple of minutes, Harry, we're gonna it's the data that we're gonna get is gonna determine the direction of the market until the Fed's March policy meeting. I mean, they're meeting in March, they're meeting in May. All indications twenty five basis points in on both meetings right now. Um, Tell you what, I don't like, and I know it's a later talking point in your show, but uh, you're gonna be talking about how Fed officials say they have more work to do. That's bad language. That's bad for us. Well. I, I think that because they're going to bring pain. I, I mean, I, the market immediately priced after the the last Fed meeting and the news conference, and then the job print. You know, the the uh, the month end job print, or, um, not the job print. I'm sorry, the un, the, the the unemployment number. Uh, they, How did that five hundred and seventeen thousand uh, jobs hurt the whole equation? Well, it basically moved up. Um, the Fed fund rates by 50 basis points. I, I mean, that, that immediately, you know, when you look at what's happened with the Treasury market, uh, those rates, you know, are at high at their highest levels that we haven't seen since November. I, I just, you, you know me, Chuck, I'm not a liar, and I'm not just saying negative things for any political reason. I call it like I see it. I don't feel like we're in an economy, and I mean specifically in a jobs market, where 517,000 jobs could possibly have been created. I'm watching all these companies. I know you say, well, they're the big companies and it's the small companies that create like 90-some percent of the jobs or whatever. But we're, it seems like we're in an environment where companies are laying people off. Since last week when you were here, Disney has announced 6,000. Uh, I, I had the list somewhere on my phone of all these behemoth companies. They're all jettisoning five figures of employees, I feel like we're contracting from an employment standpoint. And somehow we're supposed to believe that last month 517,000 jobs were created. I just don't believe it. A lot. Harry, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but a lot of the jobs that were created were in the service sector. Okay. All right. And they're they're lower lower paying jobs and the jobs, you know, the people are are being laid off from. The other thing you got to realize that most people really don't pay attention to is that labor wages is a lagging number and not necessarily a leading indicator. Good point. So I think good point. I mean, and that's why you would have immediately thought, you know, when that, that job print came out at 517,000, I believe it was, you would think the market would have just gone bananas collapsed. Uh, and that, and Harry, it, that did not happen. It did not happen. It did not happen. Yeah. Great point. All right. We're at the halftime break. When we come back, Chuck will review reality versus forecast 
regarding January CPI because we should have that number by the time we come back in just a little bit with Chuck Malamut. I am Hurley in the morning. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley, 30 minutes past the hour with these three stories you can follow right now on our app. Former Golden Nugget Atlantic City owner Steve Wynn. The Ventnor Mansion that Chuck Malamut knows very well being demolished. And our article has gone supernova viral. You've been reading it like crazy. We thank you for it. Check it out. Atlantic City residents are opposed to a trash to steam plant in Venice Park. And Atlantic City is the home of many significant firsts throughout history. Free. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. On this Valentine's Day, you'll be loving another day of sunshine, dry weather, and mild temperatures. The brisk breeze dies down early this morning. We'll see a high this afternoon around 53, way above normal for this time of year. Increasing clouds tonight could be a shower or sprinkle after midnight, low of 40. Tomorrow, spotty showers in the morning, then partly sunny, breezy, and warm, high 63. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. The number of people doing business early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean Hannity. And here's my brother Chuck Malamut uh, with the news. Uh, Take it away, Chuck. So, Harry, the numbers uh, were slightly higher than expected. Um... 6.4 versus 6.2, and then core is 5.6 versus 5.5. You know, we have to dig into the numbers here a little bit where it it came from. We did hear that used car prices came down somewhat. 1.9%. curious about uh, wages, but the market, at least now, likes the numbers. Uh, And and that's, that's good news. And I saw the futures were all up and stuff like that. Well, look, it's it's eight thirty in the morning. Anything can change, and as you know, in, in a moment's notice, I think unfortunately, all of us get too much information too quickly, and oftentimes don't know how to digest it. And that's just a, a sign of the times, Harry. And by know, the way, that's not on our agenda for today, but it is a reality. And you and I have talked about this over many years. The markets never; it was never created that there would be such a spotlight second by second with it like almost like you're calling a sporting event and and every yard on the field is magnified it was never meant to be like that harry uh, obviously things have changed over the last several decades we've been doing this 30 31 years 31 years together and there's i i can't i mean i remember going back and thinking about show prep and how to get everything done and what we chatted about and the world is different uh and and you you know is the microscopic lens more of an impediment than it is a help for the average investor i i think there's a thirst for information that we we live in this instant minute rice age where you know you used to be able to tell people you know just don't don't look at this stuff that second to second day by day. Check the monthly statement out and then file that you're investing long term, you know, and all this. But now people look at it second by second. They do, and and Harry, unfortunately, uh, what that creates is internal what I'll call internal hysteria. 
yeah. if that makes any sense. Well, it makes perfect sense because it could lead one to make an irrational decision. Uh, and that oftentimes happens, especially when, when things do not go the right way. Uh, in, investors with not a lot of experience have a tendency to, you know, jump, uh, sell, uh, and, and make just really, really poor judgment calls because if you go back over time, and again, extended periods of time, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you know, the equity markets, the S&P in particular, uh, up anywhere from 8 to 9, even 10% a year, but it's not up 8, 9% every year. Every year. And, and I if you go back, Chuck, and I remember you loud and clear, you were really helpful to a lot of people during the Great Recession. People that insured their losses because they didn't have the stomach to stay in the game, uh, if they had stayed would have had a much different outcome as opposed to those that left and probably lost half because they cut and ran. Look, there were some extenuating circumstances as well with respect to the Great Recession. If you look, I mean, in my prior employer, I mean, basically got consumed by by Bank of, by Bank of America because mm-hmm. it had to happen. I mean, uh, Morgan Stanley, you know, taking out part of Citi. Uh, unfortunately, Bear Stearns, you know, going out in the spring of that year, followed by Lehman Brothers and, you know, in that September. And I mean, you could I mean, there's there obviously been books written about, you know, what what happened and why it happened. And I think, Harry, the, the good news from from that is we learned all of us learned a, a good lesson. And uh, what the Fed has done and uh, they have made it made it so where the banks are in a in a lot stronger financial position uh, than they were back then. And so the chances are that that's not going to happen. But I think the one thing that we always have to be aware of, Harry, and where we operate is that sort of that black swan. You know, something something out there will happen. Um, it, it, you know, some kind of, I don't want to call it tragic event, but some kind of yeah. event or or a number of events will happen, and the market will do what it yep. what it. What and you've it talked geopolitical does. over the years and all kinds of things. Just to give you an idea why you shouldn't sweat this stuff and go crazy second by second. When Chuck and I reviewed the news, initially the futures were negative. A moment later, during the break, I mean not a minute later, two minutes later, they were positive. The futures are now negative. It illustrates the point. Kirk is um, writing us in real time because uh, the last time Chuck and I looked, they were, you know, uh, futures were on the rise. So, and then they might be again moments from now. So you, it really speaks to the point of not getting crazy about this second by second. I think you talked the Fed through, which would take us to, and this I hate to report on this, uh, it's tougher now to obtain credit, isn't it? Harry, unfortunately, um, it's it's almost next to impossible when you when you look at what is happening in the in the credit world. You know, just last week, the Fed's uh, senior uh, loan officer opinion survey that was you know that uh, comes out every month. It, it's suggesting that credit standards in our country uh, you know tightened during the fourth quarter. Uh, demand for loans have decreased as well. So it's it's a lot tougher, Harry, I think, and all your listeners are aware of this, to, to get your hands on money right now. Uh, if you can get it, it's, uh, it's expensive. And, and I think that's something that, um, you know, the, this is done by design. 
you know, the, this is what the Fed wanted to get accomplished. I think the last item the Fed needs to get, you know, under wraps is, guess, the employment that we kind of talked about. But, Harry, I see that happening. I, I really do. I mean, even, regardless of what you what was reported a couple Friday, was two Fridays ago, yeah. was it? Yeah. Um, you know, weekly jobless claims numbers are, are starting, um, you know, to, to move. Uh, when you take a look at it, you know, they're moving in the right direction for the Fed. Um, again, uh, weekly jobless claims came in at 196,000. That's an increase of 13,000 from the prior week. The four-week uh, moving average, Harry, which is considered to be a better measurement because, you know, anything can happen in, in, in a given week, that fell to by about 2,500 to just about 190,000. Um, so the, the market's confused now, Harry, about, about jobs. You know, claims have remained low despite these high-profile lay, uh, high layoffs that you just talked about in the technology and the financial industries in particular. Mm. Uh, so that's, I mean, a lot of cross-currents. And I, and I think, um, you know, investors need to be aware of that right now. I mean, we talked about our chief strategist, Mike Wilson, earnings recession, calls out for the S&P to close the year 3,900. So that's down about four and a half percent from where we are right now sees it going lower during the year but then coming back in the summertime i mean but remember you know guys like wilson uh very well respected but but that is more tactical looking at the next three six nine months a year not investing money as we typically do harry with our clients over extended periods of time and I think that's something where you, you really need to kind of, you know, create some separation to be able to make sure you're on the right track. When Chuck returns, is there a recession signal? Uh, we'll talk about the, um, the dreaded inverted yield curve because that has always been illustrative of um, it foretells almost every single time. Chuck will have a report on that, more earnings news, uh, a whole lot more. Coming up with Chuck Malamut, the best in the business uh, for all of your financial planning needs. Call Chuck at 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010. We'll be back in just a few minutes, approaching 45 minutes past the hour. Download the WPG Talk Radio app for your iPhone or Droid and take South Jersey's talk station wherever you go. Get free, unlimited South Jersey news right at your fingertips. Listen to and easily call all of your favorite local and national talk shows. Wake up with Harry Hurley using the alarm clock feature and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app for your iPhone or Droid. Download it now at WPGTalkRadio.com. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's uh, 10 minutes before the top of the hour with Chuck Malamut, the best in the business, the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program. I regret to inform our audience, Chuck, that I think you're about to um, share with them that there is a almost surefire recession signal if past is prologue well i think the first question is what is what is the definition what is the definition of a recession well we know that's changed i think we have to get that i and i and i believe you and kirk that at some point in time i don't know if it's three months six months we're going to get a report that we had a recession and we're through it (laughs) 
that's pretty I'm much. I'm okay with that. I uh, mean, th- it usually is reported after the recession is over. But what they did do, though, they changed the definition. That I'm not okay with. Yeah, January or July 29th to be exact, the 2022, Harry. But that's in Wikipedia. But yeah. uh, not that I remember a lot of dates, but that's, that's one I'll never forget. But, that is great. But here's what's happening right now. The, the, the spread between the, the two-year uh, Treasury note and the 10-year Treasury note is, is approaching a level that we have not seen since 1981. Mm. And that's data that's been compiled by uh, Dow Jones market data. What do you think it is that we have all these things going on over the past couple of years that all bring that particular near same year? Reported earlier today, federal government is going to release that it's the lowest the strategic petroleum reserves have been since 1983. You're talking about something from 1981 or 1983. All these things are from like 40 years ago. Yeah, that's what concerns concerns yeah. me a little bit, that, it's, that, they're, that they're referring back to what happened, you know, decades ago. But, yeah. So under normal circumstances, Harry, bonds with the longer date of maturity, the 10-year, uh, have higher yields than those that are expect expected to Because you, you get rewarded for sooner. investing for a longer period of time. But here's where we are right now. The two-year Treasury, and this is a couple days ago, and I, it's right now about 4.5%. That's 82 and a half basis points above where the 10-year settled. And this was back on last Thursday. Uh, Go back to that October 1981, which you kind of talked about. The the inverted spread at that point in time, Harry, uh, between those two securities was about 96.8. And that, although the yield curve hasn't reached that gap, it's not, we're not that far off here. You think about it. You know, 82 versus 96, but whether it gets there isn't isn't the biggest concern right now. If you if you look at the predictability of the yield curve, Harry, it's pretty it's fairly high, Harry, in terms of a recession following anywhere from six to 12 months after the inversion of the yield curve, uh, and, and the curve, Harry, has been inverted since July. So it doesn't come as any surprise. So think about it. If you invert it in July, then six months later is January, okay? January, February, March, somewhere like that, or maybe 12 months gets you back into next summer. Um, so so the bond market, Harry, has a pretty unique way of, of getting in front of what, uh, of what the Fed does and, and actually is in front of most markets. So we, you always kind of take your cues. Is is the equity market right, or or is the, or is the bond market right? So it looks like the market is sending this signal to the that the Fed is getting near the end of its tightening campaign, and ultimately, do you think uh, that jobs go- blowout jobs report though affected that? You know, Powell spoke after that, and you would have thought that from that from that um, the meeting that they held in the speech that he gave, he really wasn't that hawkish. But I think it was more dovish than hawkish. But a couple other Fed governors were in there, and they've been pounding the table: rates higher, rates longer. Yeah, they want to bring and, pain, and, and um, so it's anybody's guess. And now with CPI today, it's going to be Harry. The target, is, that, the, is that a massively um, disappointing CPI? How would you rate that bad news on the scale? 
Well, I, I mean, go. I mean, you're within one, you know, one tenth of one base. I mean, you go six four six three. It's it's not, you know, it's it's not the end of the world per se. But the, you know, futures right now look to be pretty flattish across the board. But I, I think the problem is, and we've talked about this numerous times, Harry. It's the number obviously has come down. I think it was June of last year. We were was at nine point nine, I I believe. So now we're in the sixes, and and we're kind of stuck there. You have these high food prices you, you, that, we've, that we continue oh. to talk about. Kirk so, texted me, eggs are up like 83%. You know, so supply chain, obviously, is in, in a lot of areas is, is, is still not working. The good news is used car prices are coming down. So some of this is, some of this is in fact, working, Harry. But it's a stretch. You're going to, you know, you, the, the way you get from 6 to, or 6.4 to 2 or 2-ish range and I think you got a couple of years, and I think, you know, oh. how do you get there? You get there, jobs, job cuts. We also have bad economic policies from an administration that is pretty anti-business. So it, I think it it extends the pain, doesn't it? It does. It makes it, it, makes it very challenging, you know, to start and continue a business uh, for, for the most part. But... If it's two more years, you're looking at one of the longer periods of time of a negative type of, um, you know, modality that we, we've had uh, in our lifetime. We're not, we're not used to that kind of thing. But let me give you, let me give you some, some – I'll kind of give you a little more bad news and I'll give you some good news here. All right. Give us the bad so news let, so first. So earnings. So earnings, you know, they're, they're coming fast and furious. About 70% of the S&P companies have reported blended earnings per share – uh, have declined about five percent year, year over year. Sales did rise about four point seven percent compared to the same quarter a year ago. Um, you know, seventy percent you know have beaten these uh, revised downward EP earnings per share expectations, uh, which is below the the average in the, in the mid to high seventies. So, second quarter earnings will probably not be where everyone would like them to be. And there are, again, at Wilson, we talked about him. He's calling out for an earnings recession and markets overbought, you know, sell until your rallies. I mean, again, that's all short-term stuff. But, but, but if history is any guide, if we go back and look at this past January, the S&P 500 uh, had a positive return in January. That usually bodes well, you know, for the remainder of the calendar year. If we go back, Harry, to World War II, again, we're going back many, many years. When the market was positive in January, it remained positive for the remaining 11 months, 85% of the time. That's 85% of the time. So, you know, early Fe- you know, February, you know, we're, we're just sort of, you know, treading water here. But January was obviously a very good month. And I think if it teaches you anything, think about how poor the market had performed, you know, in 2022, with the Nasdaq being the worst performer, the Dow being the best performer, that has now flipped the script, you know, pretty dramatically. Where the Dow is the worst performer and the Nasdaq is the best performer. Chuck, final minute. Let, this is value added. This is from a CEO, very dear friend of mine. Six point four percent. You know what he's talking about from this morning, on top of nine point seven percent last year. Sixteen point one to your total. You got to look at no, it. No, 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 no. I, I, I think I don't think that it doesn't accumulate. I, I don't, no, because it, it's it's a rolling number. 
We were 9.9. All right. Well, then I'm in, glad we're talking. We are 9.9 in June, right? Okay. 9.9, 9.7. That's now 6.6, 6.4. Fed wants that to get, they want to, their target is 2%. That's where they want to get to. So we are on the right path. However, it's getting, it's taking slower than all of us would like it to take it, take at this point in time. I'm writing back. Chuck says it doesn't roll, but I'm, I'm still of the, of the camp. That it it's still, still stinks. It's, it's expensive. Yes. Expensive for sure, Harry. Hey, listen. Great great having me today, Harry. I appreciate yeah. uh, everything that you do. I'm glad you had a wonderful time in Connecticut. Thank you. I'm really sorry that the Philadelphia Eagles did not perform. Thank you. But, oh, that but was a be, rough way of saying it. But they, 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 they will, performed. They will, well, didn't, didn't do enough to win, but they will be back next year. They had, to beat, they had to beat the uh, case, Kansas City Chiefs and the officials, though. So it's and, tough. And Roger Goodell. Don't forget about and him. And Roger Goodell, who I have a video of him hugging yes. one of the Kansas City players Absolutely. like it's his son. Exactly. Uh, have a good day, See Harris. you, Chuck. W-A-J-H-D3, Goodbye. HD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Chuck. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and welcome back. Very important hour of the Hurley in the Morning program with Atlantic City, with with Atlantic Prevention Resources presents Dr. Bob Zlotnick, who is their um, phenomenal, in my estimation, president and chief executive officer and really a very timely appearance today, Dr. Bob, because there's a lot going on, and it's an issue that you have been following for decades. For 17 years or more. Yeah. And the uh, the Senate Health Committee, Health Senior Services and Human Services uh, Committee, had a hearing yesterday on Senate Bill 246, uh, 264. And uh, I got the numbers mixed up because the last time I was there for a Senate Health Committee was for Senate 236, 14 years ago. Yeah. The same bill. There you go. <laughs> Similar number. That, and that uh, yeah. I, sp- I, I testified before the committee yesterday, and I put that in my comments, and I just saw people shaking their head because they couldn't believe that you know I would go testify about the same bill f- two times, 14 years ago. Back to the future. Yep. So um, I, I want to make sure that um, we bring on our guests right away because um, I understand that Lamont is on the phone, Pete, and I think Nick, um, Nick Vitola, um, Nicole's husband, and... So I want to just set the stage. Um, Everyone's here. Okay. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, yesterday was a wonderful event and um, really well coordinated. And so how do you think it went, Lamont? I I think it went great. I think we uh, exceeded expectations. Your your testimony was really riveting, Lamont. I, I felt the there was a, some strong emotion when you were talking. Uh, I, I was speaking about a friend of mine that, that passed away last year. Do you want to talk uh, about that briefly? His name is Joe. Sure. His name is Joe Stissenbaugh. Um His daughter contacted us and told us that he was sick. He was in the casino industry for over 30 years, never drank, never smoked, and uh, he can't put something last year. And, and, and that's really the thing that's waiting for all of them. And, 
Lamana still on. Some of the others oh, had the radio on. It was okay. a little distracting. Okay. So I put them on hold. But we oh, hear okay. you, Lamont. Go You're ahead, on. Go ahead, Lamont. Okay. Yeah, we um we just wanted to get the point across that this is this is about our lives, this is about our health. Um we wanted to we wanted them to understand it with people. We've been doing that the whole time. Talking about our families, talking about our loved ones. And we're really fortunate that we had Tammy yesterday. Um Tammy just completed cancer treatments and her husband spoke on her behalf and she testified i i, I really uh the, the whole thing i know you asked me about my testimony but but the whole thing was really uh uh i i'm kind of at a loss for words it, it was uh pete help me out well let me let me throw a question out onto the floor uh and pete and uh nick Turn your radios down because it was throwing off inaudible, uh, made made the show inaudible with the radios on. So just treat it like you're just presenting and not having the radio on at the same time. And I'm going to put everybody's – and there's Nick. I guess we have four guests, uh, Dr. Bob. Well, I didn't know. Uh, we'll make sure that the, the one is not because it, it we don't screen the calls. It just has wireless callers, so we don't know if that's – a listener and the listener did hang up. So we keep these three lines locked in. Here's my follow-up question to all of this, because you were there, I was not. I think it's sometimes discernible if you're in a process that's looking towards actually passing, as opposed to going through a process that's the motions, perfunctory, can say we held hearings on it. Is the atmosphere one of pushing this through the finish line to passage was that evident, Dr. Bob? Not on, to, from my perspective, not from on the behalf of the committee. Okay, that's important. I, the chairman, it was evident from his perspective, but not the entire committee. There were committee members who were um, questioning some of the people who gave testimony, and it was adversarial. Okay. It was, it, so I was surprised. The vice chair of the committee, Senator Madden, was adversarial uh, to some of the people who were in favor of the bill's passage. Wow. And so I, it was it was shocking to me. So I, I, I think overall, to answer your question, it was, from our perspective, uh, a, a worthwhile event. But I don't know if, because it wasn't released from committee, it wasn't even voted on, Harry, for the first two hours, the committee's agenda was just to hear testimony only wow. for discussion. There was never a, a vote. And there was never intended to be a vote. This was just for discussion only. Will there be a follow-up hearing where they're going to get to the point where they will, the committee will well, call the well, vote? It, that's interesting because uh, Senator Singer asked Senator Turner, who is the prime sponsor of the bill in the Senate, if she would ask for an order from the floor at the Senate. And she was confused. And Senator Singer, who is also a supporter of the bill, it, it was very confusing because he asked if, if Senator Turner would ask for an order from the floor uh, of the Senate president. And she said I'm, she was confused. Why would I do that? And he said, well, that's your right as the prime sponsor. And he said, well, I can't do that without leadership approving. So it was wow. really a very strange – I don't know if, if the other people who are on the call right now uh, This got is why that. I asked the question. It was, this, it was, this, is this is for That was fascinating. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously Senator Turner could do that if, it, if it's in the rules of the New Jersey State Senate. But she was flabbergasted that she would be asked that by a, a colleague of hers. Wow. I've Almost didn't want it to come up, yeah. in other words. Pete, uh, what are your um, your thoughts and recollections of yesterday? 
uh, just on on that issue, Doctor Bible. Again, I, I'm I'm not uh, privy to the to the inner workings of of how they how they do things, but it all it almost felt like it almost felt like um, the, the the person who asked Senator Turner was trying to almost back her into a corner uh, of of putting a bill up that that she probably shouldn't do without getting the okay from someone above her, and that's kind of how it sounded and felt like to me, and she. She was kind of looking at him funny, like, you know, I'm not supposed to do that. Don't, don't put me on the spot here. I, <laughs> and he did put her on the spot. It was, it was it was a change, but it, it almost felt like an inner game between them two. Pete, so. Lamont, Nick, and Bob, that's the reason I brought the question up. Because if I'm in a room, I can tell that there's, there's verbal communication, there's nonverbal communication. You can tell if something is being well-received or if they're just doing this to say we held the hearings, we get, we got a lot of information, we have a lot of testimony to go through, but are they actually going to get it to where they want to go and get it through the finish line? I think that's unknown at this point. Well, it, it, it is unknown. And, and you know, the, the advocates... Many times you would know going in, though, it has the votes, and you, you know how it's going to go. If they were going to vote on it, yeah. Correct. Right. And, and if they were going to vote on it, they wouldn't have had the discussion and voted without, unless knowing they were going to release it from committee. They didn't have the authority. The chairman, Senator Vitale from uh, Middlesex County, didn't have the authority to post it for a vote, to release it from the committee. And so it was just for discussion purposes. So it, it was a it was a it was a milestone. It was certainly progress, but I'm not sure if it was effective. And by the rules, they do have the authority to do that because committee chair, that you know, to post something that is either your assembly speaker or the Senate president on the they floor. Can, yes, they can right. keep something right. from ever going to committee or from going going onto the floor for a final vote. But committee chair typically have the ability to hold a hearing and have a vote and then it would be able to say hey it passed committee and then see what happens well, from that point I, in time. I don't know the rules of the new jersey senate that well but if chairman vitale had posted it for a vote and released it from the committee that would have been a staggering event yes because he based would on have, what you're saying and he would have been putting himself in jeopardy in the leadership he's, he's in the leadership you know at being at the chair of this committee yeah they're following the their orders. Right. And, and that's what Senator Turner was saying, too, that she probably could do it. Dr. Bob. Yeah. Can I comment on this? I'm sorry. Go ahead. We, we were we were told, uh, yeah, we were told going in that these, these hearings, these hearings without a vote happen on bills that are controversial um, when there's when there's people on both sides of the of the issue. And so they go, we go in, we present our argument, they present their argument, then the committee gets time to hear the facts, check them, listen to them, talk to each other, and then decide whether it comes up for a vote. So this wasn't like someone asking for a, a traffic light, you know, on the corner of a, of a street. This was, you know, a, a pretty big issue that there's two sides to that are that are fighting each other to get what they want. But but allegedly, though, only thing I'm going to push back on here, I get you what you're saying. And of course, they don't take up traffic lights. Anyhow, they're always dealing with broad, you know, uh, big issues. They're never dealing with something that's tiny. They vote in committee on big things all the time. I've said from the beginning that from a lobbying perspective, politics as I know it, this has never been able to get to the finish line because it gets hijacked along the way each and every time it has happened now remember uh guys 
This was the votes are there. And it just Steve Sweeney won't allow it to be posted. Well, Steve Sweeney's gone. And it seems like it's playing the same way all over again to me. Because if the votes are there, then why? what's the reason to do this process of, oh, we're just going to take testimony. It's a controversial piece of legislation. They're always dealing with controversial pieces of legislation. The lobbying that happens on this issue to prevent it from happening is extremely immense. The behind the scenes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, weren't the votes there, Bob? Uh, the votes are there. They never get there, though. When are they going to call the vote? That's a good question. That, that's what I'm waiting for. Can I? After the, after the break, time is yours. We've got the full hour uh, with Dr. Bob Zlotnick and uh, also members of the committee that have really worked very, very hard on this issue. Lamont, Pete, and Nick, this is... WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, great one. We're back. It's 21 minutes past the hour. We have Dr. Bob. We have Lamont. We have Pete. We have Nick. And one of the uh, gentlemen, you were about to make a, a comment. I think maybe it was Pete, but whoever it was, take the floor. It's yours. Go ahead. Uh, actually, I think that was, it was me. Uh, let me quickly introduce myself. My name is Nick Vitola. I am Nicole Vitola's husband. Um, she is actually getting a colonoscopy as we speak, so I am here on her behalf. I was at the hearing yesterday, and obviously I've been by her side since the beginning of this process. And uh, so I'm just here to re represent uh, her perspective on this issue today. Uh, and I also have my own perspective because... I am a union electrician with Local 351, and I can tell you, when we were just talking before the break about why this bill hasn't moved, I can tell you one of the reasons for sure is I just learned yesterday that Local 255, the Carpenters Union, and Local 68 Operating Engineers Union have publicly come out uh, as opposing this, the passage of this bill. And I get it in terms of wanting to preserve jobs, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, from a union perspective. But let, let me remind you that the labor unions in this state are probably, by and large, the biggest campaign contrib uh, contributors to the state legislature. Uh, and I'm sure that even Sweeney, even though Sweeney's not in office currently, I'm sure he's behind the scenes somewhere calling his union buddies, his union boss buddies, and saying, hey, we got to go all out in getting this bill stopped. Well, I, I don't disagree. Hey, Nick, I don't, and, and you're a very eloquent sp uh, spokesperson. I, I'm, I'm enjoying listening to you. Let me just add to that. I don't, I don't dispute anything you just said. And he's a friend of mine, but he knows that, you know, we have a disagreement on certain things. Uh, he would never allow it to even be posted. So even if the will but, but was. The, but the votes weren't there then. Now the votes are there. No, the votes were there then. They were there then. He would not even, why, why would he? If the votes weren't there, then there would be no problem posting it. He wouldn't allow it to be posted because the votes were there. Now, keep in mind, I don't trust many of them. I'm going by math that they said. I don't trust any of them. Who knows uh, how it would actually turn out if they actually had to vote. I sense that the votes were never there. Uh, if they had to actually vote, that they were only there in paper tiger form uh -huh. when you could say, I, I'm, I am 
I want to eliminate this. Right. And, and, but they knew that it was never even going to be posted. So it was always dishonest. Uh, then the other thing that hurts the, um, the cause is Unite Here Local 54 is ardently opposed. Nick just mentioned the two other operating unions that are opposed. So it's a fractured uh, employee base at that. So it's re- it's just – I've always said it, even when everybody – I think we had a show long ago when it looked like, oh, my God, it's in the bag because Governor Murphy said, just get it to my desk. I'll sign it. Everybody on both sides of the Assembly and the Senate Democrat side said, we, we got the votes. It's, it's just going to happen. And then all of a sudden, it started to evolve and change over time. Never trusted that the votes were ever there to make it happen. And I think that this this is a critical moment of truth tipping point right now where we're at. How, how do you think we get past yeah. the tipping point? Uh, I don't know that you can. I, I, I think well, that I, I think the fix is in. I can tell you this, uh, you know, regardless of, of where the union leaders stand, uh, the members for sure do not uh, 100 percent align with those uh, with those stances. Uh, in fact, but, but let me let me push back. Th- that's true. If you polled the rank and file, you would win. However, the power structure is the leaders represent the union, follow the money. That's where the contributions come from, from the, the packs of, of the different unions and they're making their decisions at a completely different level. Not, not to say, because it sounds awful to say they're not following the wishes of the rank and file, but on certain matters, it's bigger than that, and they really don't. Uh, so I think you speak the truth that the rank and file would support the ban, especially anyone that's directly uh, exposed to um, the secondhand smoke that happens in, in smoking but that's not how the leadership is playing it, as I see it, Bob. Of course. Well, I, here's the issue. This is not an economic issue. It's a political issue, and it's an issue of health. And, and the hearing yesterday illustrated two very divergent sides. One that was talking about health. The casino employees and their family members who got up there and spoke all talked about how this was impacting their health. Lamont talked about a colleague of his who passed away last year as a result of breathing in secondhand smoke at work for 40 years. It's real. The the people on the other side all talked about economic issues. Nobody talked about health. Christine Renna from the the South Jersey Chamber of Commerce talked about that she thinks that it's a great idea for health, but the timing isn't right economically. Correct. How can you even put these in the same arena? But they do, and it's always been why it never gets to the finish line. For example, the casinos do, through all of their lobbying efforts, say that it is an economic issue but they're wrong and, and that it's gonna but there's but it's their belief and it's their it's their push they can be wrong but that's their push and that's the game and they're saying it will cost x amount of jobs because of this business that will be lost they talk about new york coming on board next year uh pennsylvania and so they get away with taking the position that the new jersey the atlantic city gaming jurisdiction will be adversely economically impacted if this passes. That's their position. And that's been their position for 17 years. Yeah. It, 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 it flies in the face of logic. It doesn't, it I, doesn't. Did, I just want to um, speak up. Please. If, if I may. Of course. Um, I, I, first of all, I just want to thank everybody 
um, all the employees that came out yesterday, whenever we uh, try to have an event, we're always doubtful that people are going to come out. It's always up to the last second. And I just want to thank everybody in the family that came out, took the bus ride to Trenton, uh, made sacrifices, and have been making sacrifices this whole time. Just like Nick. Nick's not a dealer. He's Nicole's husband, but he's been sacrificing the whole time. And I hear the doom and gloom, and it may be reality, but I'm going to tell you what. I'm extremely proud of Pete, Nicole, the rest of the team, and we're going to keep on pushing. Well, let me give you let me give you a little wind at your sale because sometimes because I, I speak the truth in, in a way that's not not you, but that some people wish it wouldn't be spoken. You know, just ignore you know certain facts. Your effort, and I know Bob's going to back me up on this, and I know I've heard him sing your praise. This organization that has banded together is the most effective group on this issue in the history of this issue. And second is not even in the same universe, not zip code, in the same universe. Your effort is admirable. It's been Herculean. And it's gotten you closer than this issue ever could have gotten to passage because of the effectiveness of this group, Bob. You're right. And, and there, there's something to say about what's right. And right will always prevail, ultimately. Someday, yeah. It, it will. Yeah. And, and, but we don't want to wait any longer. People are dying. As Lamont pointed out yesterday, people are be- getting sick. People are going to the doctor, and the doctor's telling them, you got to quit smoking. And they say, but, Doc, I don't smoke. This is why I've said from the beginning, and we already would have been there, and a lot of people disagree with me over the years, but I measure things. I've been on air 31 years, so I can look at things from 20, 30, 40,000, 50, 60,000 feet down. And what I would do is I would cut a deal that a certain period of time, I'm not qualified to say what's acceptable uh, because you want it now, and I don't blame you for wanting it now. And everybody that hears me speak on this, because sometimes when I go out and about, people don't know if I'm for it or I'm against it. I'm merely bringing up discussion when I do this. It's not always that even if I take a certain point, it's for discussion. It's not that I necessarily advocate that position. I lost my mother when I was 14 and my father when I was 20 from endocarcinoma of the lung. You will not find someone that hates smoking anywhere on the planet more than I do. Uh, But I know what goes, and I know politics, and I know what happens when you get an issue where there is a belief that some of the biggest players in the casino industry that come to Atlantic City won't come if smoking uh, ends. And that's why I would cut a deal that the industry would accept and sign on to that a certain year from now, I'm not saying 10 years from now, 20 years from now, but a certain period in time, and I think they would sign it and understand it's going to happen someday anyhow, and it does let us get past the opening of New York. Right. Pick a date, and then you win, because it'll be here before you know it. It's already been 17 years trying to get it today. So why not make sure you get it and have it sunset on a certain date? I think I can't speak for the, the members of CEAS, the casino employees, but but I think if that had been the approach, it would have happened more than a decade ago, maybe longer. <laughs> but because it's always we want it now, you lose because the campaign becomes when well, New York casinos are going to be opening before that. Oh, the Pennsylvania casinos are opening. We're going to lose 60, 70 percent of our convenience gamblers, even though the fools that get paid a lot of money said it was going to be four percent. I said every one of you should be fired. It's going to be more than 60 percent. Because if they're not coming for 
the restaurants, for entertainment, for the hotel rooms. If they're coming just to gamble to slot machine, they're staying in Pennsylvania. So they're always going to have the industry will always have an issue of the moment that keeps it from happening. If you win by accepting a win with like a, a, a later a, date, a, 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 like a burning fuse switch before it turns on, that's what I would have done. And I think you'd already be there. But when you keep going for the win now, it, it, it forgets the fact that it's been 17 years. Well, th- You're fighting the, the battle that's, you know, like, like the Eagles didn't play uh, New England from five years ago. They played Kansas City five years later. Uh, and so it's not so much, hey, we've been fighting for this for 17 years. It's you got to win on the field where the game is being played now. But I want to pose a question, if I may. Yeah. So the argument is that you're going to lose customers to Pennsylvania, right? Okay. Now, does, does anybody truly think that if this bill gets passed here in New Jersey, smoking is eliminated in Atlantic City, in Atlantic City casinos? Do, do people really think that Pennsylvania is not going to follow suit? McDevitt thinks that Pennsylvania is going to double down on their smoking policy. Like, okay, now you can smoke 100% in our casinos because you can't smoke in Atlantic City anymore. So come to Pennsylvania. Do you really think if this law gets passed in New Jersey that Pennsylvania workers and cease is not going to go all in on Pennsylvania to get that bill passed there as well? Do you think the workers are not going to stand up and see what New Jersey did and say, wait a minute. What, 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 what are we? We're going to stand by and, and work in the smoke when they don't have to? Yeah, Nick, this is why I said you're awesome earlier. Uh, it's a great point. Here's how I would respond to that. It's, it's not a zero-sum game. You have a situation where if Pennsylvania has a competitive advantage, they'll exploit it at the highest level with what they call the whales and people that want a cigarette or a cigar in one hand and a, an alcoholic beverage in the other. And you can't do that in Atlantic City, but they also will thread the needle and be mindful. What's the number, Bob? 70% of the people don't smoke at all, right? Over 80. 80. So they will thread the needle. Nick, they'll do both. They won't go 100% all in because 80% don't want it at all. But they, they'll, take, they'll capitalize on the 20% that will be able to come with them. Let's go to the break. More on that, Nick, if you want to follow up on that, because I think it's logical what I said, but you might disagree with it. I think they would have their cake and eat it too in that scenario. And then New York would do the same. They would say, look, don't go to Lang City because you can't recreate in the way that you want. And I know this. I, you guys may, I think you know this. I spent 10 years and I was in the top 10 of my company when I left. I know what goes. They truly believe that this is an economic issue. Uh, and I will say, because I've been in the rooms during certain discussions, they're not heartless to the people that have died of cancer and, and have gotten sick and all these things. But they look at the overall health of the industry, being able to provide jobs, not have to make cuts because of it, jurisdictional competition and all of that. And it always seems to tip towards keeping the smoking, even though we know how unhealthy it is much more. With Dr. Pop, Dr. Bob, with Lamont, Pete, and Nick, I'm Hurley in the Morning. 
Sean Hannity. Department of Energy now is putting forward a rule that would phase out the use of compact fluorescent light bulbs as part of the Biden administration's efforts to remove less energy efficient bulbs from the market. We leave our light bulbs alone, leave our stoves alone, leave 7-Eleven alone. How much money a year does the government make by selling cigarettes and tobacco products with their taxes they put on it? Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's gone so fast, and the conversation last segment was just so good from this panel that we went a little bit long. So we have four minutes left until Dr. Bob's next panel. Uh, We've got Nick. You're locked in, in and ready. Pete is here. And we have Lamont. Dr. Bob, time is yours. I'd just like to, I'm sorry that we uh, ran out of time because I do have another caller uh, calling in about a special event we're doing um, in a couple months. But I would just like to ask for some final comments from each of you. I I apologize that we're running out of time, but um, Lamont? Sure. Harry, um, you've been been great to us from the beginning. We did one of our first, first public speaking events was on this show, you and Dr. Bob allowed us to, uh, to talk about this. And you say that you're in the know, and, and I, I know all about your experience. I find it very, very hard to believe that the lawmakers in this state believe the casino's story. Um, I heard three employees get up yesterday and say, the state is going to lose $44 million in tax revenue with nothing to substantiate that. And nobody questioned them or what they were saying, yet the people on our side were having questions thrown at them. So, Well, that's why I'm saying, Lamont, and thank you for the kind words and the reality check, because you're absolutely correct. That's why I'm saying that you all did a really good job paying attention to what was going on in the room, because that will tell you if you're where you need to be, if you're getting close or if it's if it's not going to happen. Uh I do believe the industry believes uh, that this is something that will be financially devastating to them, uh, or I don't think they would push as hard as they do for it. Many people on the other side look at it and say that's a bunch of you-know-what hooey uh, because I want to keep my job. I could say another name uh, and look at it completely differently, but that's been the argument. The argument has not been at the human resource level. No one's disputing the secondhand smoke kills, that it makes people sick. Uh, that it's a real problem. You know, we talk about cancer, but also it it creates lung maladies. There's a lot of, you know, very, very bad things that happened uh, on top of stinking like a a trash can ashtray uh, 24-7 when you walk into a room for five minutes like that. Uh, But will the legislature and the governor have the will to actually pass this? I think they will if people like Lamont and Pete keep up the fight. Pete, closing comment? Yeah, um, that argument that you say the casino has uh, is strictly based on research done 15 years ago. There's no factual argument that they will lose money. All the research from recent times is that they will not lose money. The highest grossing casino in Pennsylvania is Parks Casino, which is completely non-smoking. Yesterday, we were told by our people, we were told by yesterday by our people that in, in the game of politics, you have to take incremental wins because that's how bills are, are completed. 
And yesterday for us was a huge incremental win. We are, we are celebrating that. Good. If, if you were if you were if you were at the hearing, th- there was there it was no contest. There was no argument on the other side that was based factually or at all believable. And did everything point though that it's headed toward towards passage? Say it again. Did everything point towards it is heading to passage? Well, we're closer today than we were yesterday. Yeah, no doubt. Well, that's I'm not, good. I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what they were thinking, but we were in the building. We were in the state house. Oh, and by the way, real quick, we had, we you might have had the votes 50, 10 years ago, but they weren't co-sponsors. They might have been. Well, yeah, I'll vote yes. We have seventy five co-sponsors on this bill. When we started, there was around ten. So people are on the record saying, I want this bill. So and and by the way, that's to your credit, because that never was possible before. There was never a push that was this effective that mounted that level of support. Right. But we appreciate appreciate allowing you on. Uh, of course. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Lamont. Well, well represented. Th- thank you, Nick. Well represented. Good is on a roll. Without a doubt. 45 minutes past the hour. Dr. Bob will be right back. Who's going to join you next, Dr. Bob? Uh, Justin from my office. Just just want everybody to yep. know. Yep. I know it. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. This is Early in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Free. WPGG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. And now a small business setback. Set to smooth jazz. It's late. You're driving in the rain with only one thing on your mind. The deer about to total your HVAC van. But with Progressive's 30-plus customizable coverage options, you're covered. The rest is just saxophone. When running your small business gets rough, Progressive Commercial is there to smooth it out. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Twinkly sound. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Coverage and discounts not available for all vehicles or states. Policy terms and conditions apply. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building its Let Us Do Good Village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's a community of 100 homes for Tunnel to Towers program recipients. Gold Star widow Danielle Thornton calls her home a blessing after the death of her husband Robert, a U.S. Army sergeant. In the village, Gold Star families of fallen and catastrophically injured first responders and service members are neighbors. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Dr. Bob Zlotnick continues the president and the chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. Dr. Bob, time is yours. Thank you, Harry. Uh, I have Justin on the phone, Justin Urbonis from our office, our treatment office in in Pleasantville. Good man. Yes, he is. Morning, Justin. (laughs) Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Harry. Hey, Justin. Thanks for calling in, and uh, I wanted to get an update from you, a last-minute update, because I haven't gotten one since Friday, on where we are with our fundraiser. So our fundraiser up until this date has uh, raised over $12,000 so far. Um, it's at, on March 31st at the Linwood Country Club from 6 to 10 p.m. Uh, with our special guest speaker, Ryan Leaf. Um it's uh, an event we kind of put together rather quickly, um, and it's something that our treatment program desperately needs uh, due to the cost to run our treatment program has significantly increased where the reimbursement rates have not, and uh, it's something that uh, the community needs and it's something that we 
need to provide the community. And and as Justin points out, thank you, Justin. Uh, Ju- he, Justin is the chair of the event in house, and um, and we are at over twelve thousand dollars in income so far. And we a month ago. We were um, on the radio here with Ryan Leaf, who called in, and we announced this event one month ago today. And uh, Ryan Leaf is a former NFL quarterback, as you remember, Harry, and has a very compelling story. And he's coming down from Connecticut to speak at our event on March 31st. He was great on air with you, Dr. Bob, and I am well aware of his career. Uh, I I thought he was great on air. And you did that a month ago, you know. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. (laughs) Um, Justin... How many tickets are sold? I think yeah. it's. I think we're almost uh, closing in on a hundred. Is that right? We are closing in on a hundred tickets so far. Um, when we first came into this, we wanted to at least sell two hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're almost halfway at our mark. And what would you um, tell people who expect to be able to buy a ticket at the door? Uh, because if we do sell out, um, we may have to send people away, and we don't want to do that. No, we don't want to do that. Um, I highly suggest being at the rate the tickets are going so far, you go to atlprev.org and you can follow through the events tab. And there you'll be able to purchase tickets along with sponsor um, the event. Um, We do have some uh, generous sponsors and donors so far, which is awesome. Um, We are still looking for more. Um, We definitely do not want to turn anybody away at the event. It's going to be a great night. and, you know, we're really looking forward to it. But they are going fast. And uh, my suggestion to the community is to get out there and purchase your tickets. And the website, again, is ATL, the first three letters of Atlantic, P-R-E-V, the first four letters of prevention, dot O-R-G. And just click on the events tab. And that will take you to a, um, a page that will explain the entire event, has sponsorship opportunities, a, a way to buy tickets, um, and we, we are selling tickets as we speak. Um, they are coming in. The sales are coming in every day. Justin, yes, they well, are. And, and go ahead. When go we ahead, when we were here a month ago, um, I mean, I was extremely impressed by Ryan Leaf's presentation on, on the radio. And um, I'm really... Such honesty. I mean, he, anybody that's listening, you want to go out to something that's meaningful, that's impactful. He's the real deal. He, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He takes full responsibility for his life, for his actions. I mean, I, I think he, he was terrific, Bob. That interview was special. Yes, it was. Yeah, I think it was amazing with Ryan because if you actually do a little bit of research on him, one of his um, biggest things is asking for help is a sign of strength and not weakness. And for somebody of that caliber to come where he came from and fall so hard and get back up on his feet. That is kind of what we're trying to, um, you know, that's what we do every day here is that exactly. I mean, you know, you, you can fall down, but how you get up, how you move through your life, how you overcome your adversities, that is what defines us as human beings. No doubt about it. Justin, with Dr. Bob, it's Atlantic Prevention Resources presents. Dr. Bob, how much did the Hurley in the Morning Charity step up last month with? $1,000. Okay. We're going to um, add to that another $500 that I just handed to Dr. Bob. So that's our commitment to this um, wow. very important effort. Thank you very much, Harry. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Harry. You're welcome, Justin. Book that right now, Justin. (laughs) During the next break, Bob will screen capture that and it will be direct deposited digitally. I'll deposit it right into our account. Um, 
I want to make sure that everybody understands what, and Justin explained it very well, but very succinctly, our, our outpatient addiction treatment program for adults, which has been open since 19, I'm sorry, 2009 in our Pleasantville office um, on Main Street, right by the Absecon border, we, we, um, we have come up against a, a fact of that it is affecting many agencies like ourselves, and that is, is that the costs have gone up every year, mm-hmm. and the reimbursement rates haven't matched. And so right now, it is very difficult to do what we do. You're I, like a person on a pension or Social Security uh, yes. without a COLA. Fixed income. And, right. and everything's more expensive, yes. and the revenue line stays right. flat, and it's a problem. It is so a problem. So then you have choices to make, like cutting programs. And you don't want to do that. Being understaffed. Yes. Yeah. We, we don't want to do that at all. And, and this is an important service. This is a life-saving service. We have clients who have gone through our treatment program who have been clean and sober for a decade or longer. And, so, and some of them will be at this event and, and possibly share briefly their story. Um, so, so what we want to do is make sure that this, the office stays open, that our services stay open for the next person, the person who calls tomorrow or next month or in June, and, and needs help with an alcohol or drug problem, and we can keep our doors open. And what you've been able to do, and I'll turn it back to Dr. Bob and Justin after just this quick comment, because as, as a charity, you know, ourselves, you need to be able to raise money in order to be able to pay for your programs. So this dinner, this, this event with Ryan Leaf, the speaking uh, engagement, speaking tour, whatever you want to call it, of Atlantic Prevention Resources, this is a new revenue stream for your organization. It, it, we call it our Recovery is Possible fundraiser. It's a, it's our Love spring that. event. It, it was it was Justin's idea. This was all your idea, Justin. <laughs> and and and, yeah. and he volunteered to spearhead this event in addition to his regular daily duties that he does. He's, and for, he's and our Bob, lead counselor. It's awesome and it's a great idea, Justin, to your credit. And I know it's going to be profitable and it's going to be impactful and I think it's going to be something that you're going to be able to uh, to continue over many, many years, just like the bocce. Mm-hmm. Uh, for folks that m- can't make the event, you can still contribute, and that will be he- as huge as you being there. We're, we're selling sponsorships. If a company wants to sponsor, we, we, we have advertising opportunities uh, at the event. We have an ad book. We are going to promote uh, businesses that have sponsored us. Um, you're right now v- very close to the highest level of sponsorship that we, that we have. For folks that would like to make a contribution, what's the easiest way for them to do so? I know you said it earlier. I'll just give my direct number at the office. It's 609-318-0820. And if I'm not there, which I'm not right now, but leave me a voicemail and I will call you back and then I will work out the details. And I will also give Justin's number. Justin, what's your extension? 251, right? Uh, It's... Two two five one. Okay, yeah. it's six zero nine two seven two zero nine six four extension two five one. And Justin is our in house coordinator of the event. And for those who want to go to the thing. event, the the opportunity to hear somebody that was at the highest level, the top draft picker was he second, the second second pick, draft pick second overall. pick in the draft. You think about how hard that is to achieve. That had more talent than anybody, and just tells real life stuff about what happened. It's very compelling. Your thoughts, Justin? No, it is very compelling. And it's, it's something, you know, the beautiful thing about living in Atlantic County is that so many, so many people want to help and so many businesses want to help. And it, it just makes, it's true. it makes it a little bit easier to, uh, to 
to kind of put this thing together. I mean, I've walked into doors and people have been willing to just um, speak to me about it. And they want to hear more because, believe it or not, and I'm sure I know I can relate to this, but there's not many people you go to that don't know somebody affected by this um, disease. And it's something that uh, it hits home with a lot of people. And, you know, hearing it from somebody that I guess you can say hit celebrity status and is brought back down to earth and now is trying to move the message forward, I think that's a win-win. Yeah, and you get to see somebody that was at the top of his game, that saw his career go sideways, that then got to the point where uh, he dealt with significant challenges and now is commentating at the national level and out there, as you say, Justin and, and Bob has said it helping very, very others. well, helping other people, paying it forward. It's a great story, and it'll be a great evening. It will. It's going to be a beautiful night, and yeah. I, I cannot encourage the, your listeners enough, Harry, to get involved in this. Yeah. And it, it's something I appreciate for everything you have done. Oh, it's, it's an honor to, to partner with you. And I do know this. This is going to be a very big evening in the lifetime of atlantic prevention resources i'm hopeful yeah it will be it will be <laughs> thank it's, you it's a, it's a major major achievement i mean you've got a, a compelling speaker with a great you know story to tell a p- profound story to tell uh phoenix rise from the ashes kind of thing and uh he'll be able to help a lot of people well the the, the, the anybody's recovery story is uh, it's a horrible story in the beginning and then there's a point at which something changes and then the rest of it is a very great story. Yes. And and Ryan Leaf's story is very similar to everybody else's recovery story. As you talk about it, Bob, the rock bottom part of the show. Yep. And then you build from there. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. It truly is. Uh, you go from the the height of living to the the depths of the worst to back up to and even higher than when you were before even getting into alcohol and drugs. Do you have to hit the bottom to, to that ultimately is, that achieve? That is a requirement. Yeah. The bottom c- can be adjusted. Yeah, your bottom. The the bottom, someone's bottom can be adjusted. Yes. It can be raised to a point where they don't have to go to rock bottom. Right. It's a good point. Somebody doesn't have to lose everything. Right. If they... They could be at the precipice if of... If this continues, they're going to lose everything. Right. Everything. And stop it there. Everything. That's I mean, your including bottom their there. life. Right. I mean, yeah. somebody's bottom could be the loss of their own life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or, or killing a family member. Three minutes in your program, Bob. Justin, can you stay on till, for three more minutes? Absolutely. Okay, thanks. Um, w- w- I want to talk briefly also about uh, some other fundraiser we're going to be doing at the event. We are planning a, um, a silent auction, so we're going to have a few items available to bid on, and also some um, some prizes that we are going to do a raffle or a, a you know, ticket. Um, I, I forget what that's called, but we're going to have baskets, and people will put tickets in, and we'll draw uh, tickets. Dr. Bob uh, and Justin, put a foursome for our, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think it's 16th. What, what is your bocce? Or, uh, yeah, your we're, bo- we're up to 15 next year. We're going to be 16. We're well, a year ahead yeah. of you. Uh, put a foursome in. It's very coveted. It's very valuable. Put a foursome to the um, Hurley in the Morning the Charity 16th. Golf Open. I have confirmed where we will be. I have confirmed the date. Uh, and I'll tell you about that later. I haven't okay. announced it yet. But put that foursome as one of your auction items. Thank you. That's a that's a almost a thousand dollar value, I believe. Yes, it is. It is. A th- yeah, thank you. Yes. That is, that's that a is great. Awesome. That's a. We'll put that in the silent auction. Thank you, Harry. Sure.
two minutes. Justin, any closing comments? What what, what do we still need so, Besi- besides uh, attendees and sponsors? <laughs> <laughs> we do need um, some uh, local businesses to donate maybe some raffle items. I know me personally, I'm going to be um, putting my authentic signed Darren Sproles jersey signed by him, Super Bowl 52 champs. Um, up for silent auction. Wow. Um, <laughs> something I'm hard, wow. hard, hard to part with. But um, again, I truly believe in the work that we do here, that uh, my coworkers do here. Um, the best thing about Atlantic Prevention Resources Treatment is the fact we are small. Um, it's kind of a blessing and a curse, but the blessing is the fact that we get one-on-one with these clients on a regular basis, more so than maybe other big, big um, agencies. Um, you know, it's like a small family. And, uh, Boutique. you know, that's why I would uh, go out and do whatever I need to to make this program run the way it has to to succeed. And, you know, it's something I'm very passionate about. And Dr. Bob gave me that opportunity coming up on seven years ago now wow. to be able to do this life-changing work. Mm. So. And, and Dr. Bob, Justin's given till it hurts. I know. Okay? That, that's really impressive. I'm very... Justin, I want you to know I'm proud of you because I do the same thing. I donate an item from my collection every year. And you, you, I, it's a funny thing because sometimes it's like... Fonzie can't say he was wrong. <laughs> you don't want to let it go out of your hands, but you know you got to do it, and it feels good, and it raises money. And, it, it, yeah. It, 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 it feels great. Yeah. I mean, it's going to come in a shadow box. It's going to be framed. Um, you know, it, it hurts to lose it, but the fact I know that it's going towards a beautiful cause, it, it makes it a little bit easier. It's bittersweet. Let me know your opening bid when you set it, uh, because I'll help promote some of your silent auction items Thank you know, you. when you guys okay. aren't here. Dr. Bob, Brian Kilmeade's here. We got to go. All right. Thanks, Justin. See you, Justin. Thanks. And Dr. Bob, until we meet again. The Brian Kilmeade.